You're listening to Randy Cruz from New York City, Boom Shakalaka. Cruz out. Hey everyone, this is Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and one of the co-hosts of This Week in Marvel podcast. You're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. Randy Cruz. Brand new entertainment lounge here on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. I'm joined by a great friend of mine, DJ Unique, who's on Twitter at DJ underscore Unique. IG at DJ Unique. My man, how you doing? What's going on, man? I'm feeling lovely. How you doing, Rand? Doing good, man. Good to see you. And the creator of Wax Only, my boy out in LA, Vinrican, um, on Twitter and Instagram at Vinrican. My man, how you doing? What up, Randy? How y'all doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I see I see the butt light out. So before we get started, salute butt light for the comment. I don't know what Mike got, but I got my shit right here. That's right. This is just juice, my brother. <laughs> um, ah, thanks okay. for having me. No problem, man. I see the Knicks is uh, well uh, represented always. on the show from you and Mike. So, Vin, real quick. So, are you born and raised in L.A.? Nah, see, I was born in Brooklyn. I spent, oh, wow. the, I spent the first 10 years of my life in Brooklyn, New York, Coney Island, CI. Um, my grandmother lived in Church on Church Avenue. My grandmother now still lives in, uh, in Red Hook, the projects okay. in Red Hook. So, I would <clears> – my, my parents were just – tired of Brooklyn, man. They literally, my father drove out from Brooklyn, uh, 88, drove from Brooklyn and stopped in a place called the Antelope Valley, which is like an hour north of Los Angeles. I wish he would just kept driving to LA because mm. when I tell you it was a culture shock, it was crazy because like I literally come from Brooklyn, New York, going to Palmdale, California. Palmdale is from where Paul George is from too. Uh, Paul okay. George, um, just to give you I mean, like literally, like Lorenz Tate has. He, there's a couple cats like Afro Man. <laughs> that's like literally. <laughs> that's like literally where I stood at, like for right. So my father found a spot because he was a big Clint, East, Clint Eastwood fan. So he saw the desert and he liked all the spaghetti westerns. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he thought this is cool. So we settled out um, in Cali and Palmdale, and but I would spend like summers in New York. Thank God, because I couldn't like I was like literally like crying every day, like homesick, like crazy. So, mm. but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I just turned 42. So I had, I've had, obviously I'm, I'm Cali, you know, but I've had the, 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 uh, the great opportunity to see both coasts, um, coming up sports wise, you know, hip hop wise and all of that, the best of both worlds. I, I say, you know what I mean? Right. So before we go further, you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now on YouTube at the Cruise Control Podcast Network. So Vin, you're rocking out the Knicks uniform stuff. I got my man Mike with the Knicks shirt over here. So I'm assuming we're all Knicks fans, right, Mike? All Knicks fans here? Diehard Knicks fan, man. Since the day I was born. (laughs) Orange and blue. Yeah. I'm not. I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm not. I wasn't born a Knicks fan. Obviously, back in the '90s, I was a big time Chicago Bull, Michael Jordan fan. So we that that that's where I grew up watching the game. I became a Knicks fan. I tell everybody this: I became a Knicks fan once they made the trade for Sprewell in '99. So Jordan, Jordan leaves, Pippen's out, Phil's out. They all dismantle, and I'm like, damn, I I, I gotta find a team. And I, <sighs> I I respected the '90s Knicks. Sure, I just I just didn't I didn't like them. 
because of Chicago and Jordan. Yeah. Uh, great players. Ewing, Starks, Oakley, LJ, those guys, um, Houston. Um, but I'm like, damn, man, I, I can't go against the GOAT. So yeah. when he retires, I'm like, I was a big fan of Sprewell back in Golden State. He was doing that um, suspension thing, and he gets to New York, and I'm like, okay, I got Spree, I got Camby, I got Houston, I got LJ, Ewing still there, and we go to that to that finals run and get a couple other playoff sprinkles, and 21 years later, 22 years later, I'm still a Knicks fan. We're like five playoff appearances. That's it. I'm like, damn, I picked the wrong time to be a Knicks fan. You did. It looked good at first. <laughs> you would have thought like, oh, this is going to be life right here. Exactly. This is like 99. It's like, you know, that was like the land of misfit toys, all of them, ca- all them characters and, um, you know, personalities meshed together. That was like, man, like I, I go a little, cause like I said, I'm a little older. So I go a little bit before that, but like man. I saw, I, I saw Patrick Ewing in the garden, like his rookie year when we still had Bill Cartwright. Like I was just like, astounded and i grew up a mets fan too so i saw doc Gooden pitching at shea stadium so like all those uh, even though my parents were yankees fans you know what i mean like i I was like it's crazy my parents like jets fans i'm a giants fans i grew up in the 80s in new york where it was like giants and the mets were the teams you know then the knicks just drafted ewing so you know i had those are my squads you know those are my teams Mm -hmm. um so but yeah like i fell in love with like the knit like the Knicks, when I saw, when I went to Madison Square Garden and I saw Patrick Ewing and I was like, you know, cause I was still, you know, I was young, but I was old enough to know the importance, you know, obviously we haven't had a number one pick since, but <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But like just that feeling of walking in Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, and I'm like, yo, this is, this is unlike anything I've ever felt in my life, you know? And I, I fell in love with them that those 90s Knicks teams, you know, like John Starks is like, that's like my, my hero. You know what I mean? Like, that's my, my mm. idol. Like, and I always like, I just rooted for the underdog. You know what I mean? Like we just would always be not good enough. Just, just not good enough, you know, just right there on the, on the, on the cusp. But I feel like, you know, us, us as Knicks fans, like we obviously, you know, it, 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 we keep going back because it's like always that, that first love, you know what I mean? Like I always mm-hmm. tell, I always tell people, man, especially if you get into a relationship, find yourself a Knicks fan. They're loyal. They, <laughs> will, loyal. they will, they will, they will like go down swinging. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but like the nineties Knicks, like that was like my, my love. And it was hard to be out in Cali, you know, like shoot, like I was out here in Showtime, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. and looking at magic and them, just run run the tables on a lot of these like on the nba and so the knicks were just like non-existent until um the early 90s and it was like we did well you know drafting wise when pat riley was there and stuff like that but like that that 90s that 94 team i mean like that 91 to 95 run like where we had a legitimate chances probably well in our on our minds to win the championship mm-hmm. we had legitimate chances obviously when jordan was around nobody really had a shot hindsight you know <laughs> but but yeah right. that you like john start like patrick ewan was like my idol and john stark was like that was like my guy like i mean that's that's who I played ball too in, in high school and stuff like that. That's it's like I don't know if you wanted to patent your your game after John Starks because you have you <laughs> I mean I don't know if that's yeah, the hustle and the heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing. But you know, taking stuff, you know, like 
just the edge too. It was not good for me to idolize John Starks in high school because I was I was mm-hmm. getting, you know, teased here and there and <laughs> like but but yeah, like that's that's my my love. Like that's the Knicks are and will forever be the love, my sports love love affair. Like that's like my team. That's like I go down, um, you know, once a Nick, always a Nick. That's 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 the that's the motto. You know that's, what I mean? That's funny that he says that, Randy, because when I first saw Patrick Ewing, now everybody knows my favorite player of all time, Knicks, is Patrick Ewing. Hands down. Doesn't matter who comes after. Yeah. My favorite player. When I first saw him, I was like, what is this? You got a big guy that can actually shoot jump shots. Yeah. And, and knowing that, you know, the knee issues that he had coming out of Georgetown to still produce as he did, as great of a player as he was, even though mm-hmm. till to this day, people do not give him the credit that he deserves. But right. what he put, he put this city, forget the Knicks, he put the city on his back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and to that deliver, a, that's the thing is like, yeah. you don't, you don't have number one picks that deliver. Like, you know what I mean? Like this dude was like straight up and down, like the next, like he, he also too was one of the part in revolutionizing the game too. Like them, that outside shot, like center, like big man who could just, yep. you know, or just yep. nice with the rock who could spread the floor and go down inside as well. Like, um, but you're right, unique. It's like you know, I feel like Patrick Ewing, in my opinion, still doesn't get uh, the credit that he deserves for what he did. Like to even to, just to make to the playoffs. I mean, we we are we're dying for that. Like yeah. every year. Like imagine right. if we had a guy like what, what Melo did too. Like he took us to the playoffs a few times. Like yo, thank God we got somebody who could take us to the playoffs. It's like let's literally, you know, it, to do that every year and to put up the numbers he did against the competition that he was playing with. Like he's forever like. The greatest Nick. Yeah. For sure. So before I get to Mike, so obviously you were a fan of the of those nineties uh teams, respectfully, but and you might have answered it, but what was the origin of you becoming a Nick fan? Obviously, was it you know, did you go to a game when you were a kid? Um, seeing some highlights, like what made you say, you know what, I'm gonna be a Nick fan from now on? You know it's crazy because like I said, coming to coming from Cali. It was like I was always the underdog. Like, at, come, like living in Cali made me that much more of a Knicks fan because I, I was like, I always had to like say I'm from New York, the Knicks. This, that's my team and stuff like that. Um, so I always had that that same. I feel like we mirrored each other. Like the Knicks were like the underdog. Like nobody believed in them. Me coming out from from New York to Cali, it was a you know like nobody knew me. Like I was new. To, to out here and I feel like that's how I even bonded more with them but yeah like I would go to the garden seeing Patrick Ewing but I think what solidified it for me was when we started getting better I mean like let's just be honest when you start the like you're a Bulls fan when 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 you the team starts getting better you become more of a you like you, you're checked in a little bit more so right. when we got when we got Pat Riley and then you know I mean I was there with Patino and them and when we drafted Mark Jackson you know like it was all, I was there for all of that, but then I was really, I think like 91, 92, when we was like, like you know, making some good playoff runs and, and mm-hmm. being a good regular season team. That's when I really started like, like delving in and being like diehard. You know what I mean? Right. Mike? Um, so this might be a difficult question, but oh, if you had already? to pick, hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a Knicks question. This is a Knicks question. Okay. Um, 
if you had to pick five Knicks to be a starting five, what would it be? It doesn't matter. It could be from all the way from anybody you've seen. Let me yeah. just put it that way. Anybody yeah. you've seen, a starting five, old players to even current players now, what would that five be? No judgment. Ooh, so Mike, no judgment. He, he, he got to pick any five or got to be a point guard, two guard, three? No, you can pick any five. It doesn't matter. Okay. We're going to do it like an all-star game. Any five. Okay. Oh, mm. man. That's tough, Vin. That's no tough. judgment. No judgment. No, I know. Well, Starks and Ewing are in there automatic. Uh, Starks, okay. Ewing, and Bernard King are in there, like, okay. automatic. And I know, like, that's controversial because Bernard King, we got him on, you know, went in between, you know what I mean, on the mm-hmm. quote-unquote down uh, side of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I would go Mello, King, Patrick, Starks, because those are my preferences. And then... Um, one more, one more. Hmm. And I Damn. would assume I would assume it's somebody you've seen. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, just that '99 run. Like, I almost want to put Spree in there too. Like, just because he was just man. That run, like that. That's one of the most you know, funnest Knicks teams, obviously, like I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I, I know everybody understands it, but that, but that run was just absurd. You know what I mean? That, that run was absurd and spree it, everything like came in, it came in line, you know, with, with between like the, who's it? Grunfeld who made on, made all the moves at the time. Mm-hmm. Grunfeld, yeah. Like he gambled and it paid off tremendously. You know what I mean? Like it, that was the 50, uh, 50 game season. And we were, we were barely, getting to know each other. And I remember the last game of the season we had to have, I believe the Sixers had to lose for us to even get in the playoffs. We were like 27 and 23, but Spree's run in that playoff run was like yeah. crazy. So like, like I'm, I'm thinking of Latrell Spreewell and it's crazy. Like, but I, but I have to put Clyde in there. So I, I got, I think I would put Clyde in. I, I got Clyde. I got Pat. I got John Starks. I got Bernard King and Mello. And mm. I don't know. That's my that's my five. Just okay. because, like Clyde, I've never seen him play. I just seen the highlights, and right. I just I just know like, I mean, he's a gamer. You know what I mean? And he and he could play with anybody. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I got to put Clyde in there just right. on some. Right, that's a t- that's a tough five. Yeah, but Vin, you're you're the big diehard John Stalks fan. So how did you feel? That in order to get Spreewell, they had to give up John Stocks in that deal. So were you more were you more like, damn, Stocks my guy, but look at who I'm getting back though. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? We but we look at that time, like that we were so in limbo. We needed to make a change. You know what I mean? Starks, God bless him. He's my favorite player, of course. Like, but it was that it like he he wasn't that was it. Like he gave us all he had. Those mm-hmm. teams gave us all they had, you know, for sure. It was like surreal to see, you know, your favorite player in a Golden State Warriors jersey. But I thought it was one of the best trades as as a fan. I was like, yo, we we just came up right now. We just came up like I don't even know how like that Spreewell situation was ugly in Golden State, but we took advantage of that and we, and and, and Grum from an amazing trade. So like as much as I was like, like my heart hurt, 
because I wasn't going to see Starks play in the Knicks uniform again, I thought this is the best move for us at the time because I feel like, you know, who's the, you know, you look at those trades at the time, like who, who would you want in 99? Would you want John Starks or you want Latrell Sprewell at the time? You know Spreewell. what I mean? Yeah. Sprewell all day. Spreewell. Definitely. You yeah. know? So it was tough pill to swallow, but I understood. I was like, okay, this is, this is what we got to do. And I feel like it was the best move. I just, saw, I just saw that Sprewell was the type of player that the Knicks, I don't think have ever had, you know, just a fire, he was just an, a dynamic person and player, you know, on and off in the, the court. So, yep. you know, that trade hurt me too. I'm not going to lie. I was a big time, a big time um, John Starks fan. My mother loves John Starks. So look know, at that post, that poster back there. I, I had it. I've had it since I was 15 years old. Um, really? I got yeah. it from like Foot Locker. Remember they, the, uh, Foot Locker or Foot Action, they used to put them things in the front yep. displays or whatever. <laughs> I got those shoes. Matter of fact, I still have like some CD, you know, the, the, when you, when you unpackage a CD, I got mm -hmm. like a Bush baby sticker on there. I got a J with the damager, like what, you know, like sticker. That's how much of a hip hop Knicks nerd fan I was. Wow. <laughs> matter of fact, hold on. Since, since you throwing out memorabilia, hold on. Hold yeah, on. yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you see, you throwing out memorabilia <laughs> and, and Randy's not the one to be talking about memorabilia. Uh, okay. Let, so, is this a t is this something for a team, Randy? Yeah, let's see. I don't know. I said I said a lot there. I said Bush babies and I said J Ru. Oh uh, uh, uh. damn. Oh man. Oh wait, I let me go let me go get mine. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yo, there's like probably two, two like I would put Spree in that category. There's probably like a few people that I would like like just love i i need their their inks like spree spree star i do have a clyde uh, uh clyde frazier uh, autograph um when i went to the garden um he was nice enough to autograph the thing was like a nicks 2000 calendar um but uh, uh but spree like spree like i said like that 90 like it was almost like a rebirth of love that mm -hmm. team and when they made that run like Spree, that that's like whoo a spree sign. So hold up, the jacket you have on—that's like that's the starter one they wear on the on the layup line. Back this in is day, right? this is this is the ninety two ninety three um um joint. Wow. Um, who made this? So that's the that's the warm up jacket. Yeah, that's yeah. the warm up. Just the warm up jacket. The ninety two. Yeah. You know. I um. Because I have the rivers in them. I have the starter jacket. And has the big starter on the back. That's the one I have, which is very diff difficult to even get now. I got I got a starter. Uh, if you go to my IG, you got to scroll down because I got it for Christmas. Like I was like 15 years old. My my grandparents came from from um, visited from Brooklyn and they 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 gave me a New York the starter joint. It was this was like mm -hmm. in '93, um, and it's in the closet over there right now. Uh, uh, and, and like I can't like I, I like. The amount you would think, like the Knicks win championships every year, the amount of money I spend on Knicks memorabilia and Knicks <laughs> like Knicks stuff, like I've got, I mean, it, it's crazy, it's crazy. I got virtually the, the whole starting lineup for the '94 team champion jerseys: Derek Harper, Mace, Ewing, Starks, um, Oakley. Uh, I mean, it goes on. I could pull out like so much stuff. Matter of fact, we're or my wife and I we're organizing my stuff right now because it's like mm. absurd. 
the amount of just t-shirts and uh, extra stuff that I mm. don't wear that I just have lying around. You know what I mean? So real quick before, before I get to my, so Vince, obviously you did not see Clyde play growing mm -mm, up. Mm -mm. So I'm trying to figure out if you had to take him out for someone who you did see, uh, see play growing up. I mean, mm -hmm. who's out there? Uh, for Ross the Knicks, Strickland, Ross Strickland, Mark Jackson, there's LJ Houston, there's Marbury. Who else is who else could really take that spot over Clyde? I, out of all those players, I would still probably, I would still because Sprewell was just so dynamic. Like, really, yeah, I, I think I because because Spree could run the point too. Like, you know, he ran the point in Golden State. I, I mean, like, he could run the point. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Spree like? Cause I know Hardaway was there when he was around though too. But Spree, he 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 could run point. Like he was. I think he at one point in Golden State he was running the point. Um, but um, but yeah, like ah, it's crazy because Allen Houston's. I mean, oh, when he got going, tough, tough, yeah, oh, so yeah. tough because he's a uh, Mister Reliable man, Mister Reliable. Mm -hmm. Like you could count on him for. For for a lot, but um oh, what about um uh, Mason and Mason? Yeah, see, but I feel like between Patrick, uh, just Patrick in the middle, uh -huh. would would solve a lot of. Uh, I, I know Aunt Mason is man. Talk about my heart, like I love the way that dude played too. R.I.P. Uh, and it was tough to leave Oakley out too because it's like you know. But I feel like I wanted to take one of each era, you know what I mean? So I was, I was doing Pat and, you know, King mellow, obviously. Um, but I had to keep, uh, John Starks and Ewing together though, because it's, that's just like my guys. Um, so I would probably slide spree still in there, you right. know, like, cause he was just so, uh, electric, you know what I mean? He's the X factor defensively, you know, street, you know, I know there's a lot of, you know, between Starks and Spree could be streaky shooters or whatever, but um, I just, that's who just I would root for. You know what I mean? Those, that would be my five. I would love to go to battle so, with. Before we move on. So, Mike, since you asked that question, how about you answer it too? Yes, what five, please. You, what five please. are you going with? See, see I knew he was going to do that. I thought he was going to transition. I was going to get away from that. <laughs> please. I mean, I I'll do it. I know I already no. forgot. I know no. I forgot like it's a lot. Fine. Um, <clears throat> my starting five. Well, my five would be Earl of Pearl Monroe. <clears throat> um, it would be Spreewell. It would be Mello. It would be Patrick Ewan. And I have to put Charles Oakley just because he was pretty much heart and soul. Yeah. Um, he was one of those, you know, fight for your team. No matter what, I got your back. It, you know, those are the type of guys, you know, that I like. I've never seen Earl of Pearl Monroe. He's much older than me. Um, but I've heard stories, you know, from my step pops of how unbelievable uh, Legendary of, a player, of, a, of a player he was, you know, from before, you know, the garden on the, you know, street ball, you know, code. So Patrick Ewan, as you know, is my favorite player. When Melo came here, he pretty much changed the face of – you know, the Knicks, he brought liveliness back to this city. You know, we had something to root for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, me and Randy went to a few games, you know, when Melo was there. And it, it was electric. It was like, the, it was like, it was the Mecca. The Mecca was back. Yeah. You know, it felt like the Knicks going to the playoffs back in 94. Like, it felt like that. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, like I said, Charles Oakley is just that that grind blue collar. Yeah. Kind of new age, you know, Draymond Green ish. Exactly. You know, yep. so, you know, that that would be my five. Yeah. I mean, great five as well. Great. You see, five. How, you see how quickly I answered that, Randy? No, I'm, I'm trying to recall. <laughs> you got Ewing, you got Irma Road, you got Oak, Oakley, Mellow. He's got Mellow, Mellow. And, and Spree. And Spree. Yeah. And Spree Ball. Yeah. Solid. I kind of know three of his players, but I'm trying to figure out who the who the final two are. Yeah, that's crazy. Yo, I got Chris Duhon. <laughs> 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 what you got, Lampe? <laughs> yo, that was your boy. You, yo, yo. You, you was fan of his. I, you know what, yo, Vin? I'm not gonna lie. I was a fan of him, man. I was a Who's fan of Lampe. Lampe. Oh, wow. oh, word. I was a word. fan of him, man. Randy, word. tell you, had the T-shirt and everything. Wow. I don't know why. I don't know wow. why. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, five. Uh, Mellow. Well, Spreewell, Mellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen Houston. Yeah, that's the three. That's the three. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, that's the uh, three. Spree, Mellow, Houston. It's like I want to put Ewing there just by default because I, again, I wasn't a fan during that time. But it's like, how can I pick a five of Knicks and not put Ewing there? So, oh I'm yeah. Stupid. So Ewing goes there. Um, I got one more. I got Ewing, Mello, Houston, Sprewell. I know we. I know where he's gonna go unless he Knicks. changes his mind. Are you thinking late nineties no. next? Nah, Still? you know, you know what's so funny, man. I nobody, nobody would do it, but I was a big fan of Amari Stoudemire. Oh, and I know the, the time frame was not that long. Uh huh. Yeah. But you can't tell me when he came here and that first 10, 15 games was like, yo. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 30, 30, 30, 30 for, for nine, 10 straight games, looking like an MVP. And Melo may not even come to New York if, if Amari's not here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was a, I'll, put, I'll put Amari in there. That's not, that's, you know, that's, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm actually you know? surprised, Randy, you didn't pick um, Marbury. I'm actually I'm very surprised about that. Marbury's tough, man. I, I I left him off. I left like Jamal Crawford off. I left um, Larry Johnson off. Like I left. Um, see, off. see, what I was going with is, um, you know, I had Bernard King. That's just because you know, just on status. You know what I mean. So, and and I think feel I feel like it's much like the Amari um, factor. You know what I mean. Like we got Bernard King. After the fact, you know, after mm-hmm. the, the ACLs and whatnot, um, and same thing, we got microfiber uh, or micro fracture Amari. You know what I mean? Like, and but that run that that was whew, that squad too. That 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 squad held a place in my heart too. Um, mm-hmm. Believe it or not, because I you know between Ray Felton, Chandler, Gallinari, Amari, like I felt like wow, that's the, like they was kind of like. There's remnants of this team I see in that, you know, uh, in this new Knicks team that I see, like, in that, uh, what are they, like, 2010 Knicks, you know what yeah. I mean? There's remnants of that. Because um, I see, 
uh, I mean, I'm getting, I'm going to be real next nerd talking right now, but cause I see, like, I feel like Kevin Knox, man, like Kevin Knox, like he's right there. Like I, like he, I'm, I'm so glad he's getting more play time too with Thibodeau because mm -hmm. I feel like he's right there too. Like he's, I feel like he's one of those players, like we trade away. He's going to be that, uh, Trevor Ariza. He's going to be that Channing, Channing Fry. you know, I, even though Channing, you know, Channing, he's going to be that player. We still, we got to be patient with Kevin Knox. He's like, he jumps off the screen to me in, in many ways, just with his length and his size and ability and his shooting, um, um, and all of that. Just, I just wanted to put that out there. Cause I've been watching, I've been watching and you know, I know like he, you just, this is what his third year now. Is this his third year? I believe so. Yeah. This, yeah. This, he got lost in the, in the sauce last year, you know, understand. So like sophomore slump and whatnot, but I'm just glad he's seeing the floor now. I, I know um, that's another thing I like about Thibodeau is like, he's, he's letting these kids, you know, kind of, kind of play, you know what I mean? Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So this team kind of reminds me of that, mm. you know, you know, Ray felt with him when he had it going, you know, kind of, um, kind of reminds me of IQ a little bit, you know, quickly with, with the floaters and, you yeah. know, uh, and OB with the, um, like Amari, you know, comparisons and whatnot. So this, I'm, I'm very pleased not to jump ahead, but I'm very pleased at what I'm seeing with, with this team. I mean, we're not got the number one defense of the league. Think about that. Yep. <laughs> like, I know, like, <laughs> you still, you know, like, come on, like, it, it, what what a what a mindset get a coach who wants to you know who to plays the win you know what i mean like uh mm. i feel like he's like thibodeau was like a godsend too like as far as like what the direction this franchise needed to be going in yeah real quick who's your favorite nick coach coach oh mm. van gundy okay yeah. uh -huh. van gundy. Oh, oh, oh with pat riley that's yeah yeah i can never get pat riley leaving new york out of my head like that's not uh, that's that's not uh, even because he left or he he went to Miami, both, Ooh. both, and Miami just adds more to that, you know, um, <sighs> to so the fire. Who, who's your who? What was your when I say favorite, but like, what was your favorite Nick rivalry? They had Indiana, they had Miami, they had Chicago. Who'd you hate? Reggie, Nick, Jordan, Lonzo, Nick's Heat because we would normally beat the Heat. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that simple. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we beat the Pacers too. The Pacers obviously had their time um, when when our time ran out, but it was it was Nick's heat because uh, because of the Riley factor. You know what I mean? Because of him leaving, um, because him, I don't know, like his ego was on full display, and I felt like it was our responsibility to to tame that ego and and to remind him, like, yo, um, okay, you. you you know, after the fact, like now he got the championship with LeBron and all of that stuff. And he had D Wade and all that. But early on, I was like, I wanted to beat him at every opportunity. And that's still to this day. That's still to this day. Like those Knicks heat uh, games will forever. Like, I mean, and it's, it's so hard because that's how good the Knicks were. I mean, we were rivals to everybody. We were rivals to the Bulls. We were rivals to the Pacers. We were rivals to the Heat. Like, well, because we were solid every year. You know what I mean? And we were in the playoffs every year. But that was my fondest memories. Like, when we, when we, when, I mean, I was going to college at San Diego State at the time. And when Allen Houston hit the, hit, hit, hit that the runner. game. Yeah, it hit the game five. Like, bro, it, like, 
that you could like the cops were called like my roommate i was running around like <laughs> we was on the second floor like like i was uh -huh. like yeah like running around like he was like celebrating like that to me of you know like that was my championship i was like i wanted to beat miami that bad um and the way patrick i mean it was like bro i i go on youtube and i watch that stuff all the time and i'm almost like glossy eyed because i'm like the way patrick just was <laughs> literally like who's held together with glue that game i mean he was given like mm. guts and glory bro like he was making some like crazy shots but i feel like nick's heat definitely stands out to me um i, I know like the low-hanging fruit would be like reggie miller um and the pacers but i feel like digging deep just because of the the nuance with um mm. pat riley leaving um i feel like that was that was my rivalry so before I let Mike transition into the hip hop stuff, so as a fan, who'd you hate more, Reggie or Jordan, or equal? Oh my God, <laughs> I, <laughs> I hated them for so many different. I hated them for different reasons. I hated, uh, I hated Reggie just you know, just like like a a younger sibling, you know, uh, you know, like I like as far as like because he was just like, ugh, like he would just, he was obviously really good, like no denying, the, one of the best shooters I've ever seen in my life, like like hands hands down, like whoever whoever tries to like play revisionist history and say like, like you know, I get it, Steph is great, but yo, Reggie was like, I mean, we all, we know all too well yeah. as Knicks fans, um, but I feel like I hated Jordan on another level because I hated, the calls he would get all the time. I hated, like, he would just, he was the golden child. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, and, and in those days, obviously, when the 90s, when you were, you know, supposedly allowed to play tough, you weren't allowed to play tough against him. And he, you know, the refs would blow the whistle anytime, like, you, you know, uh, like, touched him in, 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 a, in a certain type of way and whatnot. So I felt like that, I hated seeing Michael Jordan on the foul line. That was like I think that's the big in the in my heart of hearts that that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me as a as a Knicks fan. It's like this dude would get to the line and get the calls. Um, not to, I mean, but he he was just phenomenal regardless. Like so, um, yeah. But Reggie was just like you know like a just like a a, a, a younger sibling that you it's like yo get out of here you know like you know what I mean like I'm tired of seeing you you're so annoying man all right you got one on us congratulations you know what I mean so like he was just an annoying uh piece of work but he's yeah so I, I would say Jordan just because he broke our heart more too like you know what I mean mm. like he was just the more annoying like I, I hated the way refs called the game um for Jordan uh, you definitely agree on that one. Um, Mike, you want to transition? Nah, we could definitely transition. So, um, you know, Vin, sure. as a as a fellow DJ, um, I just wanted to know since you were born in New York, what made you want to start DJing? Man, like I literally was, I you know, just music was always in my life. Like you know what I mean. Like I always, I didn't even get my turntables though to like. I always grew up with friends who were DJs. So I was able to go to their house, practice at their house, go to, you know, do 
sweet 16s and parties and all that stuff, but using their equipment. And I uh, went to college with my, my good friends. He had a system and stuff like that. But for me, um, it kind of like circled back like later in life for me. So I was able to get my turntables like then like 99 is when I got my turntables. Um, and when I was able to, I always been a student of the game. You know what I mean? I always, I was, I was one of those people who would always be curious on, um, just like who, like Pete Rock sampled and stuff like that. And like, like just a, a hip hop nerd going through the credits and looking at contained samples of and whatnot. And I always was like, knew hip hop was deeper than what the world knew it to be. You know what I mean? They looked at it surface. I looked at it like aesthetically layers, you know what I mean? And I knew it was deeper. Um, just from the substance and and the production tip. So I would just say like just the golden era, growing up in the golden era, like, you know, it's nothing like, you know, copping a 12 inch or you know what I mean? Like getting that 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 album, that single in your hand and opening it up and put it in playing and having fun. Just like, you know, no matter what level you are, you get you get us you get somebody who kind of understands like like you get two records, two singles, you put them on both turntables, like, yo, have fun, man. Like yeah. spin that shit. You there know what nothing, I mean? Like nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like you could like, oh shit, you could do this and you could do that. And then, you know, like, of, of course, like you, it's, it's like you're a kid in a candy store, you're a kid in the playground, you're just playing around with it and, 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 and just figuring it out as you go, especially in that time, you know, in the eighties and the nineties, because there was nobody really, um, you know, there's no YouTube tutorials on how to, you know, <laughs> yeah, DJ, uh, DJ, yeah. You, know, you know, at the end of the day. So I think like I always I'm just a passionate person and hip hop for me coming from New York where it all started. Like I always had that in me. You know what I mean? And then um, and then just coming out to Cali, like it just solidified that because I had the best of both worlds. I had, you know, what was going out out here, which was major in the late 80s, early 90s, between NWA, Dre, and and then Death Row and whatnot, to like going back to New York for summers. And my cousins, like I literally, my cousin lived in Staten Island. I would go and visit him in the summer of 92. And he told me, he's like, yo, there's this new group out here. They're called the Wu-Tang Clan. They kind of like, they're ill, like check it out. And he would like let, like, let me hear freestyles of Method Man. I was like, who is this dude's voice I'm hearing right now? Like this dude is crazy. You know, but then I would come back to L.A. I'm saying L.A., Palmdale, the desert area. Yeah. Uh, and then I would literally hear, you know, like the alcoholics over at Diamond DB or, you know what I mean? Like the dog pound um, and like this renaissance happening out here with Souls of Mischief in the Bay Area and Hyro and all that stuff. So it was like like that at that time, no matter what, in my opinion, no matter where you are demographically or geographically, I should say like hip hop was just like uh it was amazing you know what i mean like it was it didn't get any better you know between outcast down south you had so many dynamics of yeah. like mm -hmm. hip hop happening you know so i was fortunate and lucky to to just always have that love in me you know that's probably my first love yeah um, kind of so you know <laughs> just adding to that question you know me growing up my dad you know was a DJ. He still is a DJ now. Um, and I remember the first time I, I want to say I kind of fell in love where I knew I wanted to DJ was when I heard white lines. Um, 
but my first record I ever spinned, like I ever put two records on a turntable was Let's Celebrate by Scott. Ooh. Um, so I just wanted to know what was your first, the first vinyl that you ever put on a turntable and said, this is, this is the reason why I want to do this. Damn, that's a tough question because it's like, he took my question. Damn it. That's a tough <laughs> question. That's a tough question. Cause I have like different, I have different, um, aspects of that. You know what I mean? Okay. I have different aspects of that. Like as far as like, um, I'm just trying to think of what was that record. Um, same thing. My, you know, my parents, like I had records going over my, you know, my parents, there was no DJs or whatnot, but they just have records. So I'm just trying to put it all together and see like, what, what's the record? Cause nothing comes off the top for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, as far as you can remember, what was the first one to go? This is it. Hmm. That's a tough like, question. Like it, hit, like it hit you here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough question. Um, Hey listen, hey, hey, listen, man. <laughs> That's why we're here. That's why That's we're here. That's a tough question. That's a tough question. Damn, man. Damn. You know, if you want, you can think about it and then we could come yeah. back to it. Because I know Randy, I know Randy got some stuff that he want to ask you too. Yeah, yeah, let me come back to that. But at the end of the day, like I like I said, like it like I didn't even have my turntables to like 99, mm -hmm. 2000. So I'm like trying to go back to like when my homies, like when we DJ you know, at different parties and stuff like that, or in college when my homie had turntables. All right. kind of, so you know what I mean? Wanna, if you want to make it easier, what was yeah. the what was, what's the first record that you heard that you say, I want to DJ? You know what, man? Honestly, my favorite 12-inch single is Showbiz and AG uh, and, 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 uh, and Primo was, was had the honor of just lacing me. Just that, <laughs> the next level, Primo remix on the showbiz yeah. doing the original, like mm -hmm. that probably, I mean, I know it's not like that probably was it. Mm -hmm. That probably was it because that's one of them. That's one of them. Um, just my, just the showbiz, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like it's like, woo. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's definitely one of them. And I want to, I want to, I'm calculating cause that was one mm -hmm. incident incident. <clears throat> Um, that I could recall, you know what I mean? But that, that's definitely one of them. Um, that's wow. definitely one of them. Um, I'll go, I'll, I'm, we can go into the conversation more. I'll probably think of more. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to like uh, my guy figure Vin, that out. He, my guy Vin needs more of that Bud Light to, to get to find the answer. <laughs> um, so I got my, my first important question. I, we cannot go longer and not ask you about those vinyls you have behind you. You have an, an yeah. array of vinyls. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head how many vinyls you own currently? It's a ballpark figure. I don't really, but I, if I had to put a ball, uh, a number on it, I probably would say like 3,500, like 3,500. 3, and he beat me. Uh, like I would, I would say 2,000. Yeah. You got 2,000 vinyls, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you have it? You, do you have it in any kind of order? Unique. You, you have it. I um, I my order is weird. My order is based on year. Oh wow. Um, it's like year year to genre. Mm -hmm. So it's and I have it crate coordinated. So my reds would be like house. My blacks mm -hmm. would be hip hop. 
my blues would be R&B. So, you know, that's how I do it. My, you know, even with, you know, doing Serato, my crates yeah. are made so differently. But when people yeah. see it, they go, wow, I love the way you have your, the way you have your crates. But you're organized. That's the way I was. Yeah. I got that no. from my father, so. Well, I don't have as many as Ja. I got seven. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Marsha Mattis LP up, up on here. Ooh. I got Midnight Marauders over here. House party joint. House party party single by um twenty twenty Tony. Hold up, I'm going <laughs> I know he's gonna pull out. Oh snap! I see you on Twitter a lot. Like you go hard in the paint for the little Kim hardcore. Right. You go right. hard to paint, and you ready? You, like we we can, I can interview you on your. Oh yeah. He's trying to save the best for last though. Oh, okay, what you got? <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. Yeah, I got snap. this one, right? I assume. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play that at the beach a little bit. Yeah. Man. That's more. Well, my fact, I got I got I got nine. My bad. Nine. That's an important one. Mm-hmm. That that same day, I always go back. I was like, that's the day I went into credit card debt. Uh, that's Outcast Equemini came out that day. Black Star, Tribes Love Movement, Jay Z's uh, Hard Knock Life, to all that day. Oh, uh, snap. Yep. Hold up. Yep. I'm going nowhere. I'm going nowhere. <laughs> okay. So you got some Wu. Well, so what's your favorite Wu then solo joint? I know that's always a easy, easy, quick and easy question since that's you just. It. Is that it, Iron Man? That's uh, it. I got two more. Hold on. Oh, wait. Is that what I... Nah, that's not it. Okay. Bruh. Classic. Uh-huh. That, get, like, that shit... That shit I, I, this is going to sound like sacrilegious to say, but that always gets lost because Tribe and Wu came out on November 9th and then Snoop yeah. came out the 23rd. Mm. Like That probably is the best release month of hip hop that the best month for month. sure i mean those three albums for sure well it's crazy speaking of november 9th yep. yeah yeah like man. i said when i went out to staten island i would come out to la too like um and i would go to the warehouse and ask every tuesday you know the warehouse i had to release like every it, it, all the albums came out every tuesday like the releases and whatnot and i would always ask after that summer 92 i was like yo uh, can you search it up in your computer, Wu-Tang Clan? I would go to Tower Records, or Warehouse, like, search it. They were like, sir, we never even heard of that group. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, <it was> like, <laughs> like, we don't know what you're talking about. Is that like a, a Japanese singing group or what, what is that? <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think you asked a very important question. I think a question that, that gets asked, you know, in the barbershops around fans who are uh, of hip-hop, some might put the Raekwon only built as the best Wu solo album. But you asked for my favorite. Yeah. yeah. So I think my favorite will come down to Iron Man and clientele is tough too. Um, Iron Man and Liquid Swords. But I think I might go Iron Man just a little bit more because I don't know. There's something about Iron Man 
that you can always you can also have a debate Iron Man or clientele. They're Definitely. Both dope, but I think Iron Man just has that 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 grindy sample kind of feel to it. Yeah. That you, clientele you, didn't have. You could tell, like, just with those listens, like, like Iron Man was something special, like from the start, how it just sets it off. You know what I mean? Like, but like each, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, I'm only built for Cuban links. That's my favorite Wu solo album. Just because, just I, just because I go back to that time, and that's probably another like twelve inch that I criminology probably. You know what I mean? Like just spinning that, like that's mm-hmm. like. Because the summer of '95, when that album, when that, when Ghost and Ray dropped that, that was like, to me, it was, it was just everything. It was just everything. Like I had to know, like who, who, who like the, the intro, like what is that? To come to find out, this the killer, the movie, the killer. I'm like, oh, like what movie is that? Like what is like you know what I mean? Like it was so theatrical, so just. The slang, the the production, everything, and, and the same thing with Iron Man. The thing was the, with with Jizz's Liquid Swords is like such, like I think, editing wise, like it, concisely, it's top to bottom, like a very fluid, dope album. Much like a Illmatic is, you know what I mean? Just because if it's like twelve, thirteen tracks or something like that, it's very consolidated. You know what I mean? And it's easy right. to digest in that in that respect. Um, but I like the nuance of like. Um, the Iron Man and, and only built for Cuban links where it was just like, they were going everywhere and it still makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if we're picking the top five Wu solo albums, only built. Yep. Iron Man. Yep. Yeah. Cal. Nah, nah. Oh, I, put, wait, 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 wait. I put clientele in before to I put another ghost, that ghost face, that other ghost face joint before that. So we got clientele, Iron Man, only built. You put ODB? Yeah. Yeah. I got oh, oh hold on. Okay. So we might have to I got I got only built for Cuban Links, Liquid Swords, Iron Man. Clientele. Yeah, clientele and and I, and, 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 and ODB, return to the 36 return to 36. Yeah, those five. I got two ghostface joints in there. His first two albums. Okay, so tell me, tell me. You know, tell me why not to cow? Why is the cow is not a top five Wu solo album? They jumped the gun, I think, a little bit. And I felt I had a lot of not that they jumped the gun. It was just a different sonically to me. Sound. I mean, it was grimy, of course, but I mm-hmm. felt like um, I felt like it missed the mark a little bit. I felt like I, it was it was it had. um don't get me wrong. It's a solid album. I love Takao, but I felt like I was expecting more. You know what I mean? Like I just expected more. And when I would, and I don't think meth, I don't know if RZA hadn't made those other liquid swords beats or, or uh, only built for Cuban links beats or whatever, but I felt like Meth the man didn't choose the right beats to rhyme over or RZA didn't, you know what I mean? Hand selected. Mm -hmm. Cause my guess is RZA had this picture of how he wanted to paint it. Mm-hmm. how the rollout would be but um production wise it, it was cool bring the pain is I, I arguably like like obviously the dope i mean mm-hmm. um with the, the mary record of, of course that that blew up and whatnot but it kind of left me um longing for more 
so to speak. You know what I mean? I just wasn't like completely satisfied. And then shortly after that, that's when Return of Dirty Six. Okay, I was, and then when ODB released, I was like, all right, cool. Like, all right. Well, I think actually, I think Return of the Thirty Six came before Takao. No, it didn't. Ninety four was when Takao came out. Ninety five was March. Ninety five was Return of ODB came out. Ninety five, same day as Big L actually. Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. Uh, um, mm. So ninety four, November ninety four, Takao came out. November 15th, 1994, just because I'm just wax only. I have all of these <laughs> these dates and, you know, a beautiful mind with that stuff. But um, but yeah, 95, return of 36. It was like, yeah, it was very close, though. They were like so four the, months so the apart. Order is, the order is to cow for mm -hmm. our solos. To cow. Return. Return to the 36 chambers. No, no. Liquor no. stores didn't come out. To, oh, oh, you talk about my five. No, I'm talking about the order of, of, of the release oh, releases. The cow came out first, then then March. The cow came out November ninety four. ODB Return of the Thirty Six Chambers was March ninety five. Then yeah. Raekwon dropped August first ninety five. Okay, you're right. Then then Liquid Swords dropped in in November ninety five. Uh -huh. And then we had to wait another summer until Ghostface Iron Man dropped. Uh -huh. And Iron Man dropped in ninety six. So we, we waited yeah. another year. And, and change for that album to drop. So that was like another highly anticipated album that to me delivered like beautifully. You know so what before, I you, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. So before before Mike chimes in, Vin Rican. Yep. Iron Man or Supreme Clientele. Man oh man. You, you hear a pause, Mike? No, <laughs> no, 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 this is gonna sound like so uh so contradicting. Two very different albums, but two very similar albums I know in their in their own respect. I know what you mean. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like uh -huh. it sounds sounds not that doesn't make make sense, but it makes sense. Um man oh man, I think top to bottom, I think Supreme Clientele actually does the job. Wow. Yeah. Tell, I me think why. Tell me why. I'd like to know why. <laughs> <laughs> we have this art. Yo, Vin, we have this oh, argument how? all the time. You know what? It's a great debate because mm -hmm. it really is. Um, it's not even your preference because you got, I mean, if you're debating that, like you, it's a great debate to have. I feel like. It, and it's like, it's, I feel like. Supreme clientele, there's more memorable tracks to me. There's more memorable moments, in my opinion, as far as production, as far as guests, the, uh, the, the guests, in, in my opinion. I feel like um, just off top, Iron Man, there's a few joints already off top um, that are lackluster for me. You know what I mean? Like, Kame, I'm, I, could, I could do without Kame. Like I know, like that's a that's a that's that's that, it could be a touchy subject for hey, people. That, that, that Teddy P sample is so. Yeah. Mm. It's it sounds it sounds great, but that was it, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't for me. I, that wasn't for me. That wasn't for me. I love the sample. That's great. Um, I just felt like the energy in Supreme Clientele. Uh, I lean towards that more. I think. And I, and I feel like maybe five, six years ago, I would have probably maybe said Iron Man, actually. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like as that album 
like ages, it gets better every year. And I feel like Iron Man, Supreme Clientele sounds like, you know, any day, any year, any month, you know what I mean? Iron Man seems like a moment. I think Supreme Clientele was just like, it's hard. It's hard. But I think I would lean Supreme Clientele. Well, do, you, do you also feel that you lean towards clientele because when it came out, that's when you started to DJ and get into the vinyls and buying stuff. Now, now it's like, you know it what? Your time frame. That's a, that, that, you know what? That's a fair point. I, I feel like, yeah, that could, that, that could very well be why I maybe lean towards that. Cause I remember the first track that I heard, I heard actually off a cornerstone mixtape, um, um, from Supreme clientele. Cause again, we was waiting four years before that even dropped before Ghostface dropped that. So, and it was, um, What's that? What's the? I'm already forgetting. The, I'm, Is it mighty he, mighty healthy? It wasn't mighty healthy. It was a. It was like it was. It was uh too advanced. Oh. DJ stance, make the CD enhance. I move with the speed and strength. The ants. Um, it was who, like um uh, who 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 banger one on one. Yeah, who banger one on one. Random yeah. because uh, but that was one of the that was the first track I actually heard off a of cornerstone mm. mixtape. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, ooh, this like and I and to kind of to read the crowd, I was like, oh, this is the new Ghostface. So I feel like, um, yeah, and that and that probably had a hand in in you know me starting off like DJing and stuff like that, that and getting that record and getting them twelve inches and getting them that album. I feel like that did kind of you know lean, in my opinion, mm -hmm. in some sort of way. So I think you did hit on something there. Go ahead, Mike. So, so as the the creator of Wax Only. Um, you know, me and Randy, you know, understand that you do the whole sample thing, comparing it to what it sounds like of that time. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite samples um, to like uh, put into form of the song that we hear of today? Yeah, there's so many. There's so many. But uh, probably Baby Huey Hard Times, probably like that that just that's just one all time i mean you so, got the bop yeah so for, so for our listeners you're giving them you're giving them the sample but give them the the, the record that they would know where it came from so mm -hmm. many records follow the leader eric b rakim okay uh uh go speaking of ghostface supreme clientele um um the ghostface let me put a record actually real quick okay oh because this oh, is wow let's do it for real Let's do it. And I guarantee you, Randy, he knows exactly where it is. Yo, bro, I, I'll be so lost. I'll be so lost. Like, I got to put labels and tags on it. Trust me, he knows, where, he knows where everything is. And that's exactly how it is with me. And unique. I don't even have these. There's no rhyme or reason how I have. Or it's, all, it's all photographic memory, which is mm -hmm. ridiculous. Which is crazy, but I pulled out um this baby Huey record, uh, uh, which like I we had mentioned before, this uh, has been sampled by Eric B. Rakim, Ghostface. I mean, down the line, but just um Diamond D. Uh, he he always told the story like that. It that was like when when that got played in the park, that was jacking season, like you mm -hmm. about to get jacked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that was that record that they played 
mm-hmm. that <laughs> you're gonna get got if you don't get up out the neighborhood uh-huh. or whatever. You know what I mean? So like that hard times record, like just yeah. that story kind of I was like, ooh, like Diamond D dropped the gem on me like that. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Like uh-huh. just to have that, like that record, like just off top, you know, like just that's the record that just that that, that was like, and it sounds like yo, it's 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 aggressive. The drums is crazy, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and it's crazy, but I also pulled um, this Monty Alexander record, which is um, mm. the okay. Beat Nuts, the Beat Nuts um, mm-hmm. sampled this heavy, and it's just one of my favorite records. It's like, as far as like Love and Happiness, it's like a replay of uh, Love and Happiness. And he, he does a lot of remakes on, on Let's Stay Together, Love and Happiness and whatnot. But like I love um I love playing this record. This is one of my favorite records to just put on on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday mm-hmm. morning and let it go. Um and then this headhunters joint. Uh one of my well, I, again I pulled I pulled these right because where Bob, where baby Huey was, because <laughs> they all right there. But uh, I remember I made you cry is the record, and um, sampled uh, Q-Tip sampled it on "Drink Away the Pain" from Mob Deep's mm-hmm. uh, infamous album, and that's like that record just does something to me. It's just like a soulful, uh, you know it because because of the mob deep record um it just hits me in a different way um mm-hmm. and i love i love i love that record but off top the baby huey for sure because that was the one I, and i just pulled those other two and i mean and then i mean bob james nautilus like like yeah, but those, like, those, those are those are classic that's a classic sample in which then every dj and their mother would it, yeah. Know? Yeah. It's it, again, it's like I feel like, you know, I'm I'm speaking the obvious, but for the people who don't who might be listening or watching for the first time, the Bob James Nautilus is probably one of them. One of the most important records in hip hop mm-hmm. um, that has ever been sampled um, um, because it, it, you go that that that's like a documentary that needs to happen just on that song alone uh, alone i'm not sure if that anything has been made about that but that that record alone um again i'm not saying anything new this is a this is a record that's just highly uh respected and um sampled and just legendary as far as uh hip-hop hip-hop goes again we go back to ghostface (laughs) to the daytona 500 burner 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 it's a children's story uh, Slick and, Rick. And, and that's my favorite Ghostface song. Wow, that's the Michael your favorite. Mm-hmm. Just the groove is so dope; it's undeniable. Yep. You know? Yeah. So to harp on what on what Mike asked, two parts: what made you want to create Wax Only? Like, what was the origin, the genesis of saying, you know what? I think people out there in the world should know. They keep hearing all these brand new songs, but they sampled other people. And what is the process of doing? That so if I said I know you did it already, but if I said all right, Vin, I want you to do Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the process like of doing a wax only for Iron Man? How long does it take to find a sample? Where you find them from? Yeah. Like, talk about that. So basically, how I started wax only is like 
when I worked at Power, uh, like my record collection was known to all the digital people. And um, I'm talking about like uh, videographers, like the people, you know, they were virtually trying to find <clears throat> on our YouTube page something that, you know, like drive people to the YouTube page. And they thought like, yo, you got a lot of records. Why don't you try to do something um, to, to educate people and, and whatnot? And at first I was kind of like, nah, because I'm just to give you a little history on me and my and my um, what I do. I, I produced uh, for Power 6 all the radio production. I did all radio production. Um, I start. I mean, in a, in in long story short, I started off as an intern. I worked. I worked my way up. I worked on producing Felly Fell Show at night when he was on at nights for a few years. Then I went into commercial production, which I produced all commercials, um, jingles, commercials, and you know. And so basically, what happened was they were trying to build our YouTube channel, um, and they were like, "Yo, you got a lot of records. Like, yo, why don't you try to do something?" I was like, "All right, cool. Well, I'm into samples. You know, I like samples. I like." Uh, you know, finding the samples and, and, and educating. So that's basically how it spawned, you know. Um, so one of the videographers and my coworkers, we were trying to figure out what to call it because we just kind of put it out there. I wasn't even like, I was just playing the record too. I wasn't even like DJing. I was just like, it, it was more of a, a post-production thing to where they, mm -hmm. I would just like play the Bob James record and then, you know, play the next record, but, but post the, the, the editors would like cut to where it would be like more digestible for viewers because it's shorter, quicker and gets to the point and whatnot. Yeah. So my, my boy who uh, worked on the show uh, um, before it was even called wax only, he was the one who was like, yo, like that was dope. You should do more and we should have a name for the show. And I was like, I, I don't even know what to call it. He's like, you should just call it like, I don't know, vinyl only or, wax only and i was like oh i like wax only so we went with that and so what i had what happened was and mind you i already had a lot of these sample like I, my collection was getting deeper and deeper um from the early 2000s to the present you know what i mean so i was already um heavily into you know digging in the crates and trying to find the break beats and and, and whatnot so um but what i had when I did the first episode, it was for actual National Vinyl Record Day. So that was, you know, that was cool at that time was, um, you know, a couple thousand views. But the comments and and were like, yo, this needs you get you guys need to keep doing this and stuff like that. And again, coming from Power 106, like, you know, radio, like they people fiend for like some real good stuff. You know what I mean? So that was a good right. pivot to go from the radio to that. So, um, and then I would just, just keep it for now. I was like, Oh, you know what? Um, Kanye West is late registration. That's the anniversary coming out. I'll play a few samples from that. We could do like a little show on that. Um, and, and it just kept on snowballing to the point where, uh, you know, it like there, the people at, at the station were like, okay, yo, can you, can you do more of these? Can you like, how many can you do? Can you do like one a month? Can you two a month? And I was like, I could do as many as I want, actually. You know what I mean? Like, it just depends on how many of the samples I got, um, what album it is, because the album has to be important to me. I'm not going to do an album on an artist that I'm not feeling. 
You know what I mean? Because a lot of the times right. they were like, why don't you do like Drake? Because Drake sounds like, nah, I'm not going to do yeah. any of that. I don't want to do any of that. If I can't do like Diamond D or the Beat Nuts or people that affected me as a DJ and as, a, as you know, like as a fan, then I'm not doing mm -hmm. it. So that was that was cool that we're able to let me do that. So, but just to get you an idea of how, from start to finish, how I would do a wax only, first of all, what I would do is I would always like say this year's 2021. So I'll go back, like think about 25 years ago, that's 96. So those are like pivotal years, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so now you go back, I, I go back, I do like 20, 20, 25, 30 year benchmarks, you know what I mean? Um, and so I would go, so, so, so 2021, so 2001, I would do, I would, and then I would go 96 and then I would go 91. You know what I mean? And I would go Google, okay, what albums released on these dates? You know what I mean? And then I would literally map out the year. All right. In February, on February 13th, the Fuji's, the score came out. I'm going to do it wax only on that. Let's see how many records I got um, uh, that sampled that. You know what I mean? And of course, like nowadays, <laughs> it, it, it was a lot harder to find a sample back in those days. Yeah, you true. know what I mean? So it wasn't like, no, who sampled was cracking. No, Google was nothing. All it was, was you open up the album cover and you say contain sample of, and uh -huh. you're like, who's Tom Scott, whoever that is, I got to get that record, that P rock sample. And then you would just go find it. You know what I mean? So that's how I would basically preface and, and prepare the year, if you will, about of like, you know, how many wax only's I would do. And then sometimes they're just random, whether it be birthdays, birthday anniversaries and stuff like that. So I will basically, um, and I use those as tools too, though now it's so easy. So I would look at like who sampled, all right, pull the records, you know, nine times out of 10, I have quite a few of them, you know what I mean? I'm not, I can't do every single sample, but I would get the majority of what I have. And then I would find some gents, I was like, oh man, I better, I, I gotta get on the hunt for that one. I need that one, you know what I mean? So, and then I would basically make, um, uh, make the episode, you know, so, but I would always uh, project like for the year out, you know what I mean? And with those benchmarks in mind, like 90, like I started this, I started wax only in August of 2015. So again, I would go back 95, 20 years, you know, and, and so on and so forth. So, um, so, so Mike, real quick, like, the, I don't know how, I don't know how I found Wax Only. I was on YouTube one day just surfing around and I must have been looking for something evolving around music. Okay. And I came I came across the side. It said Capone Noriega War Report Sample. Whatever the title was. I'm like CNN has samples? Like really? I said, like, like War Report. Like, okay. I'm gonna check it out. And I see Van Rieken pull out the vinyl. He got the overhead camera, vinyl, uh, vinyl here, vinyl here, and he's like doing this, doing that, and he's like, "This, right, that's done. Let me take this out." And he has the, the War Report album on top, and he's showing you every single sample. And I saw it, bro. I fell in love with it. And one, I love the War Report too. I'm like, wow, I never, I never seen someone do that. Where, you know, again, you could just play the sample and that's it. Yeah. But he's he has the vinyl. Like, holy yeah. shit, like. He's really educating people out there where, where the sample came from. And I saw that. I'm like, boom. Does he have more? 
Iron Man, Supreme Clientele, Wu uh-huh. Tang Forever, Biggie, Nas. I'm like, yo, this guy don't stop. <laughs> and I told my brother Joe about it. I told some a few friends of mine. I told you about it. I'm like, yo, this this shit right here is so. It was so different, so unique. No pun intended, but so unique. It it was like I was like feeling to watch the next episode. So that was like maybe four five years ago. And I, I follow him on Twitter and the gram right away. He's a Nick fan. I'm like, bro, I, I love your shit, man. This is crazy. And hey, we just been in contact ever since. But I, I'm telling you, man, that was that me seeing CNN right there was like the, the epitome of like me wanting to be a, a fan of Wax Only. That's love, man. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that, that is th- th- what he does. Because I remember when Randy told me, he goes, you know about this Enrique? I'm like, you know who's that? He said, "Yo, listen, I saw this video, and the first thing he said was CNN." So I go, "Let me look and see what this is." I go, "Yo, this is like this is for real." Like I give props to props is due, and this is the reason why it is so much better. You know, going back to what Randy said, it's on the vinyl. Yeah, it's not like you going on YouTube and all right, you grab the sample. Okay, this is the regular one. Okay, this is the original. Okay, this is the artist that you know. This is the vinyl, so this is like the birth of it all. Yeah. So, you know, what you bring to the game, man, is just, it's incredible, my brother. Man, I I thank y'all so much. Ooh. Ooh. My bad. I forgot this one. My bad. Rhymes galore. Yeah, rhymes galore. Rhymes galore. Wow, shout out to us on the ELE 2. Yeah, Yeah. so um, I wanted to know... um, I had the question in my head. It's about sampling. My bad. My, my okay. Bad. What? What would be? What would be a top five artist? It, you know, as going back, top five. We're gonna go back to the top five. The mm-hmm. top five artists that probably a sample like you like have sampled your like have used your favorite samples. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you had to pick, I don't know, say it was it was a KRS one would be one of them, but yeah. KRS, an album that he used samples that were some of your favorite. What mm. would be some, what would be some of the art? It, it can go any genre. It can go rock and roll. You can go soulful. You can go if you want to go hip hop R and B wherever you yeah. want to go. Honestly, man, like what what's so crazy and like hearing back on these classic hip hop albums, um, to me, um, I, I, I'll answer this in, a, in in this way. I'm most impressed with, with like Tribe Call Quest and how they maneuvered through these jazz samples and these just nuanced records that I love and I idolize to this day. You know what I mean? Like Electric Relaxation, the Ronnie Foster Mystic Brew. It's just a beautiful song. You know what I mean? And you don't know how like they they just took that record and made it. So to me, Kanye is a beast that just finding samples and, and just flipping it. And he kind of like like the 99 Knicks, like Kanye made me love hip hop again when he brought that kind of back, you know what I mean? Um, with the sampling tip, but like I'm just amazed. Like I, I can only answer that, answer it with just saying, um, I, I'm just really amazed of, of the ear that like Q-Tip had, 
like to find these samples and to, and these these jazz samples, if you will, you know, to like transition them into these amazing legendary hip hop records, timeless records that are just like it doesn't even make sense to me. You know what I mean? And it just like that to me, um, in an essence, like this is why I why I do wax only because it's like, you know, these are these are our jazz musicians. These are these are people that we need to continue to um, just respect and honor, you know, because it's it's the last the last of the great uh, um, like American genres, you know what I mean? Hip hop, you know, and we are fortunate all to be blessed to be raised and, and, and watch it grow and and, and enhanced but like going back and listening to a lot of those tribe records that that just to me will forever hold a place in my heart like as far as like just the jazz sampling that they use um of course the drum you know drum, i mean you can go into categories between drums um uh everything but like i was just very um just taken aback by that you know what i mean because like if you think you're listening to this that was put you got like on a war tour you got like five different samples uh-huh. that don't even make sense like listening to it individually and how it's slowed down compressed you know uh just chopped and made into a beat it's just like it's it's, it's just just mind-boggling you know so, what I mean? so would you say that's your favorite wax on you've ever done yeah honestly the midnight marauders wax only that i did and let me tell you this too because i never like uh like as far as djing goes you know uh like it's it's all there like to see i got a so much better like doing these like every week and every month you know and to me that wax only stands out that's one of my favorites because what it meant to me like i literally like i watched myself if you watch <laughs> shout out to michael rapaport he gave me the intro on that one um and i it, a funny story is he he came to the station for an interview and i was like yo i'm about to do uh, celebrate the 25th anniversary of uh midnight marauders can you do a drop he's like oh, all right whatever you know i right, do a drop and so and then he hit me after the fact like he dm me he's like bro same like you get telling me like as far as like I, I why don't you tell me like this is like this wax only is crazy it's incredible and stuff like that i was like i was like i appreciate it so he was like when he did the drop he was just like all right i'm doing this dude a favor solid and i'm gonna do him a drop and stuff like that mm-hmm. but how it all kind of came together um just five had passed away that that pre it, it felt like something special like i was i kind of like it was therapeutic and it was just like i, I just let it all out um all in that that episode um you know uh it, it, that's probably that and the jay dilla one that i did last february um uh which i did like for the shining it, it was the shining one it was there's a few but those those two stand out the try one for sure just because that's probably uh my top three favorite hip-hop albums um ever so it's, yeah so yeah, and it was crazy because it was like, you know, like, and it was crazy in the comments. Uh, people always like, "Oh, you missed this." It's like, "Yo, if 
if I got it, I'm going to spin it. If I don't, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I missed it. I, I, yeah, of course. Like, I can't get everything. You know, I can't get everything. I'm kind of I'm trying to give you the the, um, you know, the the, the bulk of it, if yeah. you will. But mm -hmm. that that one to me is like, I'm rocking my Anthony Mason jersey. Like, <laughs> I got I got all yep. my Knicks gear on. Like, I did it for Fife. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was like, he was like watching me from the GoPro. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From above. And it was like, this, I got to do this for Fife. And um, yeah, so that, that to me stands out. I don't even know if that was the question. Sorry. No, no, no. You hit it right on the head, man. You said that was your favorite wax home you've ever done, so you hit it on the head. Um, I got a few. Um, since we're on Tribe, again, heavy debate. You see that nope. right there, though? See that? Okay. Oh, everybody signed that one. I wow. got fight. That's the, the inside cover of Low End Theory. Yes, it is. Well, speaking of low end theory, I was just getting there. That's a heavy debate, as far as people I know. Oh, which which one? Oh, low end theory or Midnight Marauders? You know, well, he cleared this up for me, and I'm not, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm not even, I'm not even gonna like, I'm on name drop, but Buster Rhymes cleared this up for me. He mm. convinced me more that Midnight Marauders was the one because. I would always go back and forth because to me, how low end theory starts is one of the greatest starting song, like in, in hip hop history, low end theory. Um, um, oh God. Uh, what's the name of the record? Excursions. 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 One of the, to set off a hip hop, like an album, one of the best in, in all the hip hop. Um, but Busta was just like, come, like he just kept on, and and Busta being the the charismatic cat that he is, mm -hmm. like he just was like, I was like, all right, Busta, all right, all right, Midnight Marauders is my favorite record. But then I'm listening to each and every one of those tracks, and it's like crazy. It's just crazy. Like, but there's no there's no Midnight Marauders without Low End Theory. It's always like, you know what I mean? It's there's just so many different levels. I think they reached the pinnacle of that in Midnight Marauders, but they were there with, um, with low end theory. They were there already. You know, it was just, uh, you know, I'm stealing Questlove's um, sound sound bite when he's just like, it's a darker, ver you know, it's just darker, it's grimier, like the bass lines, this, this, you know, um, some of the songs, you know, it just, um, it, it, what that that low end is a darker Marauders. Yeah, well, low end was more of a darker "quote unquote" record between okay. you know what I mean. Like, um, even though there's like scenario, which is you know, like you know, like there's like check the rhyme, like there's a lot of like upbeat, mm -hmm. but overall, like bugging out excursions, um, date rape, you know, uh, um, there's just a lot more. I want to say darker than I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say darker, right. but it was just more um, bass heavy. Uh, um, just different sonically, you know. Um, and I thought they mastered it in Midnight. So what's your favorite record on Low End and your favorite record on Marauders? Whew, wow. I know. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. It's definitely not. Definitely not. To pick My one head. record off Low End and one record off Marauders? Whew. Well, Marauders is easy for me. And... 
it's electric relaxation. That's one of my favorite hip hop records. Like, and I know it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's more of a, like, I guess like. It's timeless. It's timeless. It's, it's timeless just because I go back to that sample and how it sounds and, and stuff like that. But honestly, when I hear excursion, I would say excursions for me, like uh, on low end theory, I know scenario bugging out, check the rhyme. There's so many different to choose from, but just how that album set it off and Q-tips, uh, Q-tips like that, the way he com comes in, is just like iconic, you know, it's just like mm -hmm. undeniable that this is what we're about to listen to right now. Scenario is probably my favorite, like, um, of all time, like, uh, like posse track. Yeah. Posse track, if uh -huh. you will. Like mm -hmm. that's, it's like, that's crazy. But I definitely think, um, yeah, I would say electric relaxation and, um, I was, <laughs> I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna say check the rhyme. I'm gonna say check the rhyme okay. on, 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 on tribe on the low end theory. All right. I got one more before I let Mike, uh, going next um so what artist who was the first artist to recognize you were doing wax only because i i seen you met premiere and it's talia Kweli and other people who are big fans of, of the genre but I, I, at some point in time one of these guys is gonna, is gonna notice what's going on and be like hey that's some dope ass shit i want to meet i want to meet this guy so who was the first artist or first couple of artists to recognize your work going on it's crazy because like I don't ever, uh, you know, my face is not really shown and stuff like that. But when people would come up to the station, I would mm -hmm. always request like, yo, can you do it? I would request drops and stuff like that. Um, and um, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> First artist that, that recognized your the wax oh, on the air. You know, it's not that they recognize it is I would have to explain it. And one of the one of the times I was explaining that is like this is, is, is one of the one of the ones that s sticks in my mind is common, common because common was like, oh somebody sent it to me. It's always like I saw that some one of my boys sent it to me and showed it to me, and it was when Co common said I seen when you did B, um, mm. uh, wax only and stuff like that. I was like okay cool. So I you know so and then he like did an intro for me for resurrection when I did the anniversary for resurrection and stuff like that. So he, that was dope to me. I was like, um, and then EPMD when EPMD came up, it, it's always like, Oh, that, yeah, I seen that. Oh yeah. That like, I saw, I saw that, you know what I mean? Like just from virally or, or somebody had brought it to their attention. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not that they, re not that they recognized me or knew they just knew like, Oh, that's a wax only. That's, that's that. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's almost like, um, after the fact, which I like too, it's just like you know, just, mm. you know, humble yourself. Like I don't, just, I don't even do it for that. It's just the love <laughs> and the passion. It's like you know what I mean. So right, right, Mike. What are some uh, wax ons, wax onlys that you're looking to do that you haven't done yet? Oh mm. man, tough, tough question. <sighs> There's so many. I get hit about Eminem a lot all the time everybody's like you have but you got to understand too with um a lot some of the stuff that i have done um has been copyright and friend you know what i mean like stuff has been taken down so like i've done you know people ask oh why haven't you done a jay-z one well i've done several jays but they got 
Yeah. They did what they did and I'm they got title. me. Oh. <laughs> and, oh, why have why are you hating? Why haven't you done NWA again? It's on there. I don't know, you know, uh like all these whoever owns the rights to those, like they it's taken yeah. down, you know what I mean? So um <laughs> but for one that I would that's a good question. Because I'm on a hiatus right now. Um uh it, like this is this is kind of like I, I don't even like I'm 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 no longer working for Power 106 per se. Perfect. I have good relationships with them, but Wax Only is kind of like on a hiatus. I'm an independent contractor right now, and I'm hoping to bring Wax Only. Right now, it's kind of just like living through my IG, you know, when I do like special things and whatnot. And I haven't really done a full episode because I've been I have a new job. You know what I mean? Like there's a the, the pandemic year has brought all of this craziness and I get hit up every day. Shout to everybody like looking out. It will come back. I will bring it back. It's just a matter of time. I just mm -hmm. need it, it. It just needs to be the right time, you know? So, um, but in the future, I definitely be, be looking at, um, man, I have, there's just so many, like, cause there's albums of people that I've done that I want to do more of like a Lord finesse, you know, the awakening, like I want to do the Lord, you know, like they're again, obscure. I don't, then this is stuff that I like and I listen to, you know, on a daily on a, and religiously. So it's, it's not so much. Um, there's one that stands out. I wish I could do like, I wish I could have done, you know, the Kanye, my dark, beautiful, twisted fantasy, you know, that type of thing. But it's just like, I, I can't because, it's the copyright infringements and and and, and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to do more stuff on my personal IG just to kind of keep it pushing and keep it moving. But there's not like I would just say to that I would like to do more of stuff that I've already done uh, albums um, like Allure Finesse, like like Diamond D, like uh, I'm leaving I'm I'm leaving so many people out though because I have some some cast that I had written down that I would like to have um showcased. You ever thought you ever thought about you ever thought about um you know even though we're closed down you know due to the pandemic but you ever thought about like a wax only tour like you know some some DJs that you know you might have worked with before or some upcoming vinyl DJs see this is this is this this is the idea that I had, uh, and hopefully I'm gonna be able to like um, curate it in the way that I want to, because that's one of the things that I've that I've you know f just from DJs uh, that follow me that have I have reached out so on social media like I would love to like gift gift them with that like have Wax only as a brand featuring Breakbeat Lou Wax only presents. Jazzy Jeff and giving them that, you know what I mean? Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, golly, I'm letting the cat out of the bag, but I said, that's kind of like, <laughs> oh, God, that's, you talk, that's you're talking bars because, now. Because for me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mere mortal, man. Like I'm, my DJ skills are what I can bring. You know what I mean? A look and everybody, you know, brings everything with the, to the table in their own way. But I feel like that's to me is what I would love to take it to next, to next, like have, Jazzy Jeff do 
uh, all vinyl set, you know, in his way, you know what I mean? Like Wax Only presents, Jazzy Jeff, Wax Only presents, DJ Premier, Wax Only. And I know like, you know, no idea is original, like Nas said, but I feel like that's a lane that could, uh, like I'm, I'm looking for, you know what I mean? Because I'm more about curating uh, and getting these legendary iconic DJs and people who can present and do their own thing and have it in a, and do it in their fun way, whatever the case may be, and do it like that. So Randy, you hear, you know, Vin just named, you know, a few DJs, iconic DJs at that. Um, so Vin, what would be, you know, your all-star lineup as far as, you know, Vin Reekin presents Wax Only Tour. And who would be the lineup with, along with? Be the lineup. Oh my gosh. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever dream you want, yo. Whatever dream you want, man. I've been fortunate enough to to rub sh elbows and shoulders with the greats in the game. You know what I mean? I, I could call friends. So, like, one of the people that I look up to and um, and just crews that I look up to is the Beat Junkies. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 uh, a good friend of mine, Mister Chalk. Like, I would reach out to cats like that who are who I would just like. I couldn't hold a iPhone 12 light on, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, so it's like, that's who I would reach out. There's so many dope DJs out there. There's so many dope people that don't get enough credit, but that's just, um, I, it, that to me, like, I, I would be open to anybody. Like I had, you know, like to, in, in that respect, but like, those are the DJs in my, like I grew up listening to like, um, the Chocks, the J-Rocks, the, you know, uh, Kid Capri. I mean, I, like, uh, it's endless, you know? So it, it really is, it really is endless. Um, mm. It's much like the Wax Only series. Like, it's just a matter of time to get to whoever and it will be DJ-wise, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Unique, you up there, come on. Bust out the vinyls, let's go. I'm, I'm nobody, bro. I'm this big. <laughs> <laughs> Man. If you're this big, I'm not. I don't exist. Uh, come on, it's it's all relative, man. It's all about what mm. the love and what you can bring. Like, shoot, you can whatever your favorite record is, whatever your favorite breakbeat record is, have it on vinyl and do your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got I got one more before we go, before me and Mike do some rapid fire with you. That's not the name of the segment. That's the only name I got. Um, if all right, for a basketball term, just a term. You got to start one. You got to bench one. Okay. You got to cut one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you three names. They're all major producers as far as sampling goes. Okay. You got to start one, bench one. You got to cut one. Start, bench, cut. Kanye West. Pete Rock. Q-Tip. <laughs> You gotta start one, bench one, and you gotta like, damn. You know, this is an easy call just because of his erraticness lately. Kanye West has got to sit on the bench. Right, forget about the erraticness. <laughs> All right, I know. Music only. I know. It's hard to separate that with him, <laughs> though. Uh, start one, bench one, and reserve. What? And, and cut one. And cut. Cut. Oh man. Oh man. Kanye P. Rock Q-Tip. Oh, man. 
They under contract, and you got to rip oh, it up. Oh, man. Yep. Don't worry. They won't see this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm acting like this like this holds any kind of weight. I'm just gonna say it. I'm I'm cutting Kanye West. I'm mm, okay. <sighs> I'm cutting Kanye West. I'm sorry. That's just like that's just Okay, but who you starting though? Right? I'm starting. Oh man. I'm starting I gotta start Pete Rock, man. I gotta start Pete Rock. I gotta start Pete Rock. But this is like such <laughs> Okay, tell me tell me why Pete Rock. Wait, wait, but on the bench, but okay, so well Pete Rock just because again, um his the way he transitioned in the beat making as far as like his the, the, the honestly the samples that he chose and the samples that he used again defined um and was in that you know era as far as like the, the between the I, I just love the soulfulness of Pete Rock like it's just I like I, and, and again Kanye West is that's that's his son you know that's Pete Rock's son Kanye West is Q-Tip's son you know what I mean like these are all people that Kanye look up to not that not to say that he's not a better beat maker or or, mm -hmm. or you know or whatnot but I feel like you got to pay respect where respect is due like and I feel like Pete Rock off top um, um continues to produce some dope soulful good records um it's hard between him and Q-Tip because those are definitely in my top five pr favorite producers of all time um because i, I and that's q-tip's fault he should just put produced by q-tip on all the tribe <laughs> records and this would be done <laughs> that's q-tip's fault because it's about the tribe man it's about the tribe right uh, you know what i mean so uh so p rock just the diversity like you know what i mean he, he produced stuff for big he produced Stuff for AZ, you know, like he'd be everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's Nas, every Nas. he's Nas, he's everywhere. Like you mm -hmm. look at anybody who's anybody in those days too. They got a P Rock track, you know. Um, and and he's consistent with it too. Like he's still like I'm still checking for him. You know what I mean? Like he just put right. out Peace Tremendous part three, and I'm like, I'm I'm right with him, you know what I mean? And I mm -hmm. love there's something about the samples that he uses, is something, you know, they don't call him the soul brother for nothing. Speaking of which, there he is right there. Oh. Mm. <laughs> right, the world is yours. I tell you one thing, that, that Soul Survivor won. Um, I yeah. think it was still underrated. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. That was I one of the Wax Onlys that got flagged, too. It just came back. I'm randomly. I'm just on YouTube and I saw that. Just and came Mike, back I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in Vin Ricky's DM like, yo. Giving I'm giving him ideas, yo. Where's Maxim Hardcore? Where's P Rock Soul Survivor? He said, Yo, bro, I did it. They flagged me. Yeah. Hey, you got me. He said, Listen, bro, I did it, but unfortunately, yeah. due to the terms and regulations, copyright infringement. Who yeah. who owns it? You and you and my like it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yo, they did they did it to P Rock, a Jay Z record. Uh, I think Met mm -hmm. wasn't Met the Man. To Cal, right? to Cal, yeah, to Cal. Like so, but. But they, I don't know what what the how it happened. It people people re uh have their own playlist, wax only playlist, and I don't know like they slow down or they speed it up or slow it down. It goes, it's like back on like YouTube. 
So you what know you what I mean? Do, so what you do is just, you know, a little info. If you're going to post it on YouTube, just change the pitch. Yeah, exactly. And that's what people tell me and stuff like that. And I never did it um, through the radio station and whatnot. Um, and we tried to find, uh, and we will actually go to the labels too. be like, yo, who owns the rights to this? It's like, this is like, I don't get paid for this. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm doing it for the love. Like I'm promoting the record. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, why don't you want promotion like to celebrate? And now, but now anniversaries are just like, this every day is an anniversary. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so I feel like it was kind of like I was in, um, still in the, in the, in the trenches with that, you know, like trying to fight those battles that now probably would have been, would be resolved, you know, uh, through just whoever owns it, you know, just going to them and, and calling them and stuff like that. So, so to put you on the fire again, because yep. me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sponge for information. I'm nostalgic. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a brainiac just like you. So going back to P rock and Q-tip. Yep. What I can substitute Q-tip in though, right? Like, so he's on the bench, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. six man, All six right. man, you good? All right. Um, what is your favorite beat produced by Q-tip, and what mm. is your favorite beat produced by Pete Rock? If 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 you have two, great. But just give me like the one that stand out to you. And oh. they've done so. They've done so many. I know it's hard to pick one, but give me like two. You can literally go to Elmatic and that's it, like for that. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll I'll say this. I'll say this for Q-Tip. The Crooklyn Dodgers, uh, Q-Tip, so <laughs> underrated, so underrated. Like that's the one. That's the one with um J. Rue. Nah, that's Crooklyn Dodgers too. I'm thinking oh, of the okay. Master Ace, uh, Master Ace Buckshot, um, and mm. J and, and Special Ed. Um, that's just like a, uh, it's just like a gem that I like to throw out there. But um, as far as Pete Rock, Pete Rock, I mean, honestly, it's 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 an easy call. The the easy call is they reminisce over you, um, just mm -hmm. because yeah. just. Just Troy, because Troy is just unbelievable, man. Troy is probably the goat of hip hop records. Like, you know, I always go back. Like, it's for me my favorite, my top, uh, like three out of my top five favorite hip hop records. Troy, ninety three till infinity, and electric relaxation. Those to me are like pivotal. Uh, you can't tell me nothing. Those records changed my life. Um, but rock records, I'll have to go Troy. Have to go Troy just because, like again, Pete Rock, yeah, the, the, that Tom Scott Today record, it's it, 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 that that he sampled is is like phenomenal. It hits you in a different type of way, and um, the substance of what they talk about, it's just so perfect, you know. Um, I think for me, man, again, we can do this all day, all night. But I think the one song. I constantly hear, I got to hear like 10 times in a row, 15, 20 for a Q-tip beat. Um, Nas, One Love. Hmm. Somehow, so somewhere, I, 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 I could pick a whole Tribe album. I could do yeah. that. But One Love, it's just something about the sample, the bass line, the way Nas raps on it. Yeah. On, on a timeless record. To me, I go One Love for Q-tip and I got two for P-Rock. I, I told him 
way back when I had him on a show back in the days. Um, the world is yours. That's mm. one. Now Troy's all time classic. That's like yeah. if I had to go some somewhere outside of that, the world is yours, and you can't stop the profit remix. Ooh. Love yeah. it. Love that it. Who I would go with. Man. Love what it. you got, Mike? What you got, Mike? Nick, let us know. I'm gonna have to charge. charge. It's gonna be. It's gonna be simple with Pete Rock. It's gonna have to be Troy. It can't. It can't really be anything else. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna have to go super left. And I'm surprised Randy didn't go with this. Um, because been many times I've DJed for him. He's actually asked for this record. For Pete Rock? I'm, no. Q-tip. Once again. Q-tip. Once that's the again. Uma. That's the the tribe Uma. It, yeah. it's, it's like oh, the Uma okay. uh, collab collab with, uh -huh. with Dilla. Uh -huh. It's just when yeah. I when I hear that record, man, it it touches me like this is hip hop, man. This is it's mm -hmm. like the placement, the drum pattern is just it, yeah, it's it's unbelievable, man. That that's one mm -hmm. of my favorite. That's one of my favorite. If I had to pick three, that's like my top three, and I wouldn't know if I wanted two or three. Yeah, all my favorite tribe songs. Hold on, I gotta plug in, y'all. Hold on, so good. Batteries running low. Rocky, can you give me the plug? The plug from the outlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could tell because his mic is a uh, yeah. I'm only gonna hold you up for like five more minutes, but you can find that charger while you while you at it. Yeah, he pushing over. See that classic Knicks hat and the jacket, Rand? Yeah. He got the classic right there, man. <laughs> classic. Got the fam in the background. What's up, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> we, we apologize for taking him, you know, almost two hours. You'll have him back in about five minutes. But you see, your man Vin got two jackets. You got the one he got on now and something yeah. back on a chair. He got he he got two jackets. That kind of reminds me of the John Starks um jacket that he got in the back on his on his seat. Mm hmm It sounds like that. Turn your mic on. Oh, that's the Puma joint. Like I said, my wife and I were were cleaning. <laughs> Did you plug it in, Rocky? I got my daughter plugging it in. Okay. Uh um we're like I said, we're cleaning my closet out. Um, and, and, uh, of course, most of the stuff that I have, she wants to like, she's like, you really need this? I'm like, yeah. Yep. You know? All right. So, um, since, so since you're on the hot seat, I'm going to put you on the spot. It, uh, oh, go back to you I real quick, you. Mike. Unique. The, once again, is that that's not a very popular, you know what I mean? Like that, that yeah. beats rhymes and life album was. Suspect like to a lot girl. of tribe fans. I, no, I did not it's like it. It's 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 but it's but it's uh but it's aged well. Mm -hmm. It's aged very well. And once mm -hmm. again, like that's what I was saying. Like that's a dope record. You know what I mean? Like, of course, it wouldn't be my first tribe go to, but like, and you talk to me like twenty years ago, I would have been like, ah, nah, that's the whack yeah. tribe. But now, like, that's like nostalgic, and it sounds so good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, that's that that would be in my top three just because of of the sound. Yeah, because of the sound. I didn't even give you the Q-tip record though. Like I said, Crooklyn Dodgers just on some gem stuff, but I would say, uh, temperatures rising, mob mm. deep, mob deep. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. That cute. <laughs> Yo, Q-tip blessed them. Uh-huh. Like, oh. that that record, like, I was going back when, because that was last year that celebrated 25 years. That record damn near brought tears to my eyes, bro. Just thinking about the substance and the, just where I was at as a teenager listening to that record. Like, yeah. Just the production on that that album is amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna put you in the hot seat. I know Mike got All a right. few rapid fire questions. I got a few, so Mike, let's do it. Now we're gonna go back and forth. So since you're on the hot seat, there might be some people that Randy's gonna tag on here. So since okay. you, so since you do wax only and you sample artists, is yep. there one artist that you will never <laughs> do a wax only for? Woo! <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Because it's I, the reason so why many. I asked you this question <laughs> is because he said a name earlier during the program. So I'm going to see if this is the artist. What, Eminem? No, he said he wants to do an Eminem. Oh, okay. This is an artist I that see. he said he wouldn't. So yeah. I'm gonna see, what's, what's yeah. the one artist that you, you wouldn't do no matter what? Even if a fan was like, can you, can you do this, this wax only? I mean, it's literally like pick any new artist, you know, right oh, now. Oh, Drake. You said Drake. Yeah, yeah I did say Drake. Mike yeah. knew that. Um, <laughs> Mike's been paying attention. Thanks, Randy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah. Um, woo, you know what? I'm going to spin it. Spin it like that, though, too. Like, I wasn't. I respect him as an MC. Am I am I coming through okay? No, you're good. All right, all right, just making sure. Uh, I'm res- I respect him as an MC. I respect him as what he's done for the game, but I wasn't really a big Eminem fan. I just you know what I mean, Mike. I know, I know, but I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of going back to. It's hard because. It, like I would, I would, would I, who I wouldn't do. I mean, I would do like, I would, I would do anybody, but it's like, I have to own the record. So like, I don't have a ton of Eminem in my, in my crates. I just don't. Is it because you know of I mean? his rhyme scheme? Um, is it because his, you know, his delivery, what he was talking about, or you're just, you're just not a fan. No, I'm, I'm, I respect him as an artist and as a lyricist. He's definitely the one of the top bar bar none but uh i just don't think um it makes it's hard it's it's hard to like equate that like because i want i want to say it doesn't make sense but like you know he he dre used samples for m and m has used samples and stuff like that but um i just don't think it 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 would uh feel right I don't know why, like, as, like, I just, and it's like, it's like no disrespect to M. Like, he's, he's one of the ghosts for sure, like, lyrically and rhyme scheme wise. But I feel like I just don't, I don't think it fits what, what I've done and what I, what I intend to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I know it fits for a lot of people because I, that's one of the people that, always gets brought up to me. I can't believe you haven't done an, an Eminem. I can't believe you haven't done that, stuff like that. But I just, I don't feel the need to or want to to do yeah. an Eminem wax only. It's just like, 
it's not my really cup of tea you know what i mean um and, and the newer artists too like honestly the newer artists like um he's a great artist in his own respect yeah like i said drake before mike you had mentioned it it's like you know like it like it's just it's 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 whatever you know what i mean it's like it's like whatever like and i know like I, I ain't, I'm not trying to say like I'm hating or anything like that, but it's just something that I don't see myself, <laughs> you know, caring nah, to do. He, he hating Randy. He hating. <laughs> oh, he hating big time on two of the biggest <laughs> artists known to man. I know. Historically, uh, absolutely. All right, let me see what I got for you, Vin. What is your, okay, some some are going to be questions, some are going to be statements, and you, and you just got to answer how, answer freely. Ben Ricking, what is your favorite? What is your favorite musical era? So we have like '90s hip hop, '90s R&B, the '80s hip hop. You got New Jack Swing era. You got a whole bunch of other typical uh, genres. What's your favorite yeah. musical era? Oh, '90s hip hop for sure. But I gotta cut it at like '96. So probably my favorite era. Probably ninety one and ninety six, hip hop. Okay. And I say ninety one, like you know, like there's a few al- albums that came out in ninety that 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 are dope. But I just feel like that is when I'm literally thinking about Low End Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, when it dropped all the way up until like we were talking about Ghostface Iron Man, like that. Um, I would say ninety seven because after Life After Death. I was kind of and and CNN War Report. I was kind of checked out. You know what I mean. There was a few albums here and there, like for sure that, um, like you you, you had the Black Star joint, like Outkast joints. Um, but there was that that era for me. Um, um, it, it, it. I'm even gonna go for it. I, I would say like okay, <laughs> it's a decade. I'm gonna go eighty. I'm gonna go like. 86 to 96. I'm going to okay. go like 86 to 96. Because like I'm thinking about all these records that got released in 88 too, between Straight Outta Compton, um, oh my gosh, uh, Public Enemy, Takes a Nation of Millions. Like I'm just thinking about all these important records. Like I think that decade, 86, to, that 10 year span, I should say, 86 to 96, I think that's, um, that would that would be my like happy place mm-hmm. and my happy okay. medium for like hip hop. Like it would be that hip hop, and, right. and then also just music in general. You know what I mean? Like just music mm-hmm. for me in general. Yeah. All right, Mike. If you were stuck on an island, unlimited music, unlimited mm-hmm. albums, but the person told you you can only pick one album to listen to for the rest of your life. Damn, what would be what? that album? One album, damn. One album. That's never been proposed to me. Like it, as crazy as that sounds, I never like everybody. Oh, what's your favorite album? But not one to listen to forever. For the rest of your life, you stuck on an island, and you have you have you could choose from any album ever made. What's the one album that you for the rest of your life? You could have one repeat and say you'll never get tired of. Damn, why st- you put you put on a fucking hot seat, Jesus? I'm gonna stick to wow. my brand and and who I know. 
I'm Illmatic for me is that album. Mm-hmm. Is just that album because I can't separate me as a teenager and impressionable teenager at the time. I can't separate myself and say like uh, it's hard to like get out of that mind frame and that how I felt when I heard that album. It's hard to escape that. You know, I could I could pull up all these records that were sampled from them. I could put you know I could pull out different genres, but my heart of hearts always will go, always go back to Illmatic just because. Uh, I mean, I mean, what isn't there to say about that? Like, that's like, like, I know, like, it's, it's cool thing to say nowadays, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like people just, but I was saying that at 15 years old, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I, I literally, and, and you know how kids like, oh, like, you you know, like I was a 15 year old kid, but I was saying like, this is the best album I've ever heard, you know? And, you know, kids nowadays, they, they think like, the newest Drake records, the greatest thing ever or whatever, you know, what, or, but I feel like that album for me, um, that just needs to be like, I mean, and, and, it, and it has been revered and I love like how more revered every year. It just continues to get more and more eyes on it. Uh, you know, much like the Kendrick, I feel like that's, that should be a Pulitzer prize. Like Nas needs to be a Pulitzer prize winner for that album. And just like Kendrick was for damn in that respect, because I just think like that's, you know, this, this without, without damn, you know, without Illmatic, there's no damn. And, and, and I feel like that's connecting the dots, like just lyrically, sonically and listening to it now, like, it's it it just does the same thing for me, you know. And when he did it in front of the the orchestra, yeah, uh, that was amazing. That to me, like, solidified it to me. And it's like this is like when you, you again uh, you put strings on a lot of different things, and, and kudos to Kanye for doing a lot of that stuff and, and making that like a, a part of his brand and making it sound like concert venue style, like. That just proves to me, like, I was like, listen to Illmatic, you know, how it was mixed and how it was presented, like, in that orchestral fashion. Like, that was just like, we was looking at Frank Sinatra, like, in his heyday, you know, like, that was like, solidified it even more for me, you know. So I know it's like, it's the easy, easy, I took the easy way, you know, I took the easy way. Illmatic is, again, um, it needs to be continually like studied and archived and appreciated and revered. And I feel like, like, again, Nas needs to be like, like when the highest (laughs) uh, writing prize there is because that, that, that to me is just like, can no, can nothing touch that. Can nothing touch that. So now you told me, you told me and Mike earlier, you own over 3000 vinyls. So my question to you is, and you mentioned earlier, there are some albums you choose not to have, like the, like the uh, Eminem albums, mm-hmm. some albums. Yeah, I have some, like some I get, I got like from, you know, from the station, like <laughs> <laughs> but, but labels. What that. is, what is the, what is a hip hop album that you don't own yet? But you need to own and want to own. Which which one is you like? I cannot. I cannot get. It. I cannot find it. There's got to be one that mm. you don't have right now. But you like yo. I gotta have it. There's there's pro there's probably several. Because when I was starting to collect too, like in in like 
late nineties, early two thousands. Like uh, my thing was like, I had to get every CD I owned. I had to get on uh, wax. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like I had to get every, every album, um, hip hop album. Hmm. That's a tough one. I might have to go to like my eBay watch list or something like that to see. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Oh gosh. That's pretty sad when I can't really think of one. Mm. I mean, there are, there are several. I just can't think of one right off the top that I want to own. A hip hop album that I don't own on vinyl that I, I, I wish I owned. Oh man. There's gotta be one. Yeah, there is one. I already, you know, but uh, too many Bud Lights, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, wax. Damn. I'm literally trying to like. I'm trying to figure out like, all this. Like Biggie, J, Nas, uh, Eminem, Tupac, Snoop. Um, shit. Uh, Hip hop. <sighs> Kanye, Kanye West. Um, LL Cool J, it's like Rick, Big Daddy Kane, hip hop, hip hop. I got them all. I got all of those. That's the thing. No fair, bro. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And you said a few of them that I have signed. I have Slick Rick, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick signed. EPMD. EPMD. I got EPMD (laughs) records all like. Sign. Oh man, I'm trying to think of that, and I'm still trying to cop. So you have you have have. you have you have every Outkast album. Yeah. Damn, every Wu Tang album. Yeah. Well, the ones that I that I want, and I, you know, I mean, like again, it it goes. It's all subjective, like you know, like. But I do. (laughs) Like have them. Um, That's That's one thing I can say. I have every. Every Wu Tang album. You talking about Sons of Man? Yeah. Killer Priest, Killer Army. You got the you got the swarm. You got the swarm. Got the swarm, bro. I am I am like the through and through Wu Tang guy. I'm talking about the worst guys, like like, (laughs) Killer Armies and everything. I got Killer (laughs) Army. I got all those, bro. All of them. You know what? I, you know what? I I don't have. I want still like, and it's a, it's expensive. Right? It's the Jedi Montrix. Um, this is a Jedi Montrix album. Uh, and I really like again. Like I was. That's that's one album I, I recently was looking at. Um, and I was surprised. I was like, what? I don't have that album. What's the? Um, uh, gosh, it's the one with Sean Price on it. Ooh. And again, forgive me. Like, um, I'm not. Um, I don't even recall. I don't recall. Helter Skelter? I got Helter Skelter, yeah. I got Helter Skelter. <laughs> That's a yeah. I mean, all of these records are so valuable right now, too. That's what's crazy. Okay, uh, you, you have you have every Red Man album. Because there is an anniversary coming up. I think Muddy Waters is coming Muddy up. Muddy Waters. Yeah, I did yeah, Muddy Waters. Waters. I did Muddy Waters for wax. It might have gotten flagged and taken down, but I did that. Damn. Uh Damn, man. Uh, you know, uh, okay, here, like, there's like, like, uh, there's like, like albums like the youngsters, like, um, like just rare, uh, like albums that yeah. I, I always like trying to like look for and search like online or in the stores and whatnot. Um, uh, 
but I think I, I that's the thing. I think I like that. I, I think I have some, like some of those. Um, yeah. I said the youngsters, but I was like, 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 for example, like the Bush Babies ambushed. I don't have it on, um, on wax. That'd be a great, that'd be a great record. I would yeah. love to have, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I just, I have singles, I have, you know, remixes of 12 inches, but I don't have the ambushed album. And that, that's just one of those fond like memories of, uh, growing up listening to the Bush Babies. Who, like I, I love that group. Um, yeah. I got Gravity. I got um, a couple, like I said, like but that, but just like early, early Bush Babies, right? Probably like it's I random. Got, as I, got, I got one more before. Um, I got one more left, but I don't know if Mike has any more left. I got I got one more, Ran. I'll let you yeah, yeah. I'll let you end it, Ran. So okay. my last question is what was your most challenging wax only you've ever done? Oh, oh man. Hmm, good question. Great question. That's a great question. And also when you answer that, tell tell us how long does it take to make that episode? Like I know you I know you yeah. cut it down, but like yeah. I know it's a while. So what I do too is I was what I like to do is what's easiest for me is I go from top to bottom. So I start with the earliest, you know, and go and break it down systematically. So I organize the records like accordingly, like literally, like from excursions to scenario, you know, from top to bottom, like you know what I mean. So the most challenging one, oh man, there was there's several there's several because. Um, Whichever one you could think of, doesn't matter if that was the you know the most challenging. Yeah, I, I think I think I want to say like Midnight Marauders was the most challenging because, like I said, there 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 were nuances in a lot of those records where, like like I said, like a war tour had like five different samples, and I was trying to like sneak in each sound as right. I was going through the episode. You know what I mean? Um, so, but also another one that comes to mind is diamond D stunts, blunts, and hip hop, because that one was like, <sighs> I didn't even get to half of what was even sampled on that record because I was just trying to have everybody digest what I, you know, what I could present. Um, but yeah, like. It, it all depends on how deep I, I want to go. Like sometimes like uh, I'll just spare the the minor details here and there. But if it's a record that I really, really mess with and I really love and I want like, yo, they got to hear this where he got this from and stuff like that. So. Um, uh, so I would say Diamond D stunts, blunts and hip hop, because I'm literally trying to like at the end of every wax only I just like have like i i go from right to left and i'm not present the records like yo this is everything i just went ran through right here so like that diamond d was like a stack of like that you mm -hmm. know so that one sticks to mind and and the midnight marauders just because like i was really really um trying to like uh, but like again and then like you have the jay dillas um <laughs> where it's just like it never ends but those two come to mind, like those those two off top. Like I would say, Diamond D stunts blunts, and then mm -hmm. the Tribe Midnight, just because it was just like endless. Right. So before I ask my final question, 
I just want to thank you, Vinrique, for coming on. We're all at, at the two-hour mark. We can, we can That's crazy. Two more hours. Of, <laughs> no, I know. Hip-hop and music. Um, but it was a pleasure having you on. I'm not, I'm not leaving you yet, but I just want to thank you for coming on and spending some time with us. Thank you, my I'm brother. Running. Thank I'm you guys running. for having me, man. Like, I feel like, you know, like, uh, I really, really just look at you guys as, like, homies. You know what I mean? Like, it's really easy to talk to y'all like it's like it's it's all love on this side i really appreciate you guys reaching out and actually you know mm -hmm. doing this because i like like i said i'm really looking to it's on a hiatus wax only and i'm looking to revamp and re-energize re this year and uh i appreciate you guys even like giving me this look you know what i mean no problem man listen man no if, if anything me and mike can do to help push it out there just just talk about it let us know. We got you. Um, we are going to have you on again real soon for a different yeah. show. Um, but the final question I have is you mentioned albums like Equimini, Jay-Z, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, DMX, It's Talking Hell is Hot, Tribe, Black Star. They all came out in 1998. Yep. And, and others like Nori, Cameron, mm. Big Pun, Lauren Hill, mm. uh, Flipmo Squad, uh, Pete Rock, Bobby Digital, we can go on on forever. Many people considered 1998 as the greatest year in hip hop. Do you agree with that? And if not, where do you rank 1998? And what do you think is the greatest year in hip hop history? Whew. Great question. 98 was great. It was great because hip hop was like at the forefront at that point. And so you got to go, I think, a couple years back, though, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Um, I always go back, go back and forth between 94 and 95, like 93, 94, 95. There's just so many. Um, like the thing is with 98 is is like I said, like the mainstream, like it was like the main like it, it kind of busted through that mainstream. Um if you will, like, even though like hip hop was already in the, in the consciousness and in the, in the homes and every uh, in the world for everybody to digest and, and, and consume. Um, but see like those albums, um, those are great albums, but like, to me, like 88, if you go back, if you look at 88 that year and I might have to like do a cheat sheet because I have like some, sometimes I'll, I'll post like, Matter of fact, I did post. If you go to my IG, I did post eighty-eight or ninety-eight. If you look mm -hmm. at eight, if you look at eighty-eight, eighty-eight had NWA straight out of comp. It had De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. It had BDP. My uh, uh, is it my philosophy? Was that one? Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. What am I? I'm, I'm blanking. I'm literally gonna have to like look at. <laughs> my hey, ig post that's why we're here <laughs> i had the light shining on me too uh it's so hard because man you uh, got did big daddy kane or slick rick come out yeah big daddy kane oh. yeah big daddy kane um came out that year that same year And like 94 was ill because it had Illmatic and Ready to Die. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's 
but 90, yeah, I mean, that, that, that year, 98. So I'm looking at my 94 post and I had Outkast's first joint, had Gangstars, Hard to Earn, it had Red Man, There's the Dark Side, it had uh, Illmatic, Common, mm-hmm. um, Gravedigger's, Fuji's first joint. Um, and then I'm going to go to 88, 98 real quick. Because off top, Yeah, 98, I would say, definitely was undeniable as far as, like, it had reached the pin. That was right before, like, it all came crashing down, like, the stock market. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, I think it was done for me, like, after that. Then you got 95. You got 95, which you had Mob Deep, Ray. Pac, Jizza, Jizza, Fat Joe, The Dog Pound, Big L, Smith and Wesson, Far Side, The Alcoholics, The Nance, El, uh, Cypress. Oh wow. man, yeah. it's a lot. Um, I can't even call it as far as what what year like. So you think we're down to ninety eight or eighty eight? I I yeah. Let me let me try to find this eighty eight. One because I feel like eighty eight, there's just it's just like you can't you can't it's undeniable. Without eighty eight, there's no any of those records. And you know, again, I'm I'm going back in the past. Um sorry, forgive me y'all. That's all good. Are you good? I guess it's just a Google search away, like anything, but <laughs> 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 you know, I'm looking on my own IG like, oh, I'm like the like the hip hop dictionary. It's like Google doesn't exist. So while he's looking at that, Mike, do you what you got? 98, 90, uh, 98, 88, or a different year? I don't know. Ninety eight was ninety eight was just like he said. Ninety eight was. Was an unbelievable year, um, but we did take a little loss, you know. After '98, '88 was incredible with Slick Rick, EPMD, Big Daddy Kane, yes, Stethosonic, um, um, Public Enemy, Bismarcky, uh, Bismarcky, Ghetto Boys, Ghetto Boys. Like I'm, re- I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, um. Okay, here here it goes. Like uh, Eric B. Rockem. Yeah, Eric B. Rockem. Run DMC, tougher than another. Uh, mm-hmm. Like to me, you know, Eric B. Rockem. Like you said, follow the leader. Uh, Molly yeah. Mall in Brand control. Uh huh. Um, Jungle Brothers. Shout out the Jungle. I uh-huh. mean, um, these are all so you know, NWA, like straight out of con- I mean, these are all iconic albums. Like you just can't throw these albums to the side. Yeah. Like NWA, straight out of Compton, uh, you know, Big Daddy Kane, Long Live the Kane, Boogie Down Productions by all means necessary. Ghetto, uh, Ghetto Boys making trouble. Bismarcky going off. These can't, these can't just be like pushed to the side. Like, mm-hmm. um, now I think that's the most important year in my opinion. 
Like that's the most important year because that totally elevated and took took it to the nineties and and where it also got elevated, like where hip hop just got elevated, like 88, it's undeniable, you know? Um, but you, you talk about 98, you said, I mean, there, there's so many though, like, like black star, outcast, Equimini J, uh, I mean, I mean, Lauren, you like, it's a lot of, that's 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 deep. I think like '88 was was more important just because of the time, you know. And it's mm -hmm. it's it's hard to distinguish because every era obviously got to go through their, uh, you know, hip hop is one of the the greatest uh, forms of expression as far as what the you know what the times are what what everybody's going through. Um, and I feel like '88 was like definitely that like that that was needed you know what i mean yeah, that was yep. needed and it's undeniable mm. yep so real quick we had equimini black star hard knock life capital punishment the love movement moment of truth juveniles 400 degrees miseducation lauren hill is dark and hell is hot and dmx's second album flesh of my flesh met the man to cow 2000 docs the name 2000 don cartagena ele uh, N-O-R-E, Confessions of Fire, uh, Money, Power, Respect, Cannabis, oh, cannabis. Uh, Soul Survivor, Bobby Digital, El Nino, um, Death Squad, uh, Shut Him Down, Onyx. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... AZ, The Root Awakening. Tremendous. It's tremendous. It's a lot. Now it, now it depends, Randy, on how you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. Right. At it, but did how you view the music? Is it you know how much they sold? Like how are you looking at it, Randy? As far as the music um, goes, yeah. What's I your barometer for that? Like, what do you? How do you judge in that? Um, real quick, I think for me, is like can like are are those albums timeless are they still being played 23 years later a full album some 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 singles how those albums and certain singles changed the trajectory of a certain artist did it make it did it make your artist did it not make your artist the, the the debuts were incredible from lauren hill big pun uh dmx jay-z hard knock life Put him into a different category yeah. that um the first two albums did not do that for him. Um Aquemini solidified Outcast as an all-time great. I think that's Outcast's best album. Oh, that, could, that could be debatable, but I think Aquemini uh takes the nod with that. Tribe coming back after the I think the debacle of the 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 the, the fourth album. Um NRE debut is crazy. Cameron debut. It's like a lot of new stars were made in that in that decade where 88, I could be wrong, but they were dope albums, but there were artists who were already there. Like we have more brand new artists come out in 98 than I think in 88. But I think 88 has those albums were a different message at the time, like you mentioned. Yeah. So we have just playing hip hop and rap in 98. 88 was more about racism and this and crack and, and all that with drugs and everything. So it was a different time, different era. But it the message, I think, is still what 
30 years later still going on, which is crazy. Yeah. No, that's a that's a that's a great point. You you made a great point, but with that because a lot of these albums in '88 were, um, you know, a couple of them like um, was Biz's debut was like uh, De La's debut. So and then they had like BDP who was on their second album N.W.A. You know had already released stuff. Public Enemy again. I think that was their second album. It takes a nation of millions. So like. They were, but those to me were more pivotal uh, for the culture. You know what I mean? But to your point, they were probably more stars because at that point in, in 98, as far as like breaking stars, because at that point, hip hop was just taking over the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as like album sales, as far as like artists. Because um, um, even Jay at that point, like, you know, he was successful, but that third album of his is what took him out, you know, with the Annie sample like that, that just blew him up. Like he was out of here, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like 88 is more of an important year. It's all how, how you look at it, but cause you, you prefaced it great. Cause it is true that it spawned a lot of stars and like it totally kind of, um, took hip hop to the next level as far as like superstardom, you know, um, and these superstar uh, artists and acts. Right. Uh, and I think, I think my last point is it, it just, it kind of put the, the genre on notice, like, all right, what do we do without big? Who's going to step up and be that aside from Jay, who's going to be that next guy or next couple of guys or artists that's going to step up and be like, I'm going to take what I learned from big and be even bigger and better. So it's like, all right, it's like when Jordan retired, it's like, Dan, the NBA is still going on, you know, and now yeah. we develop Shaq and Kobe and, and Iverson, those guys, it still goes on. And then when Kobe retired, oh, we got LeBron here. So it's like Jay-Z took, took over the reins uh, when, when, when Big passed away. But then the hip-hop just changed from the shiny suit era of the bad boy era into the hardcore, grimy, DMX, Rough Riders era, which he had the game on lock for a, a good three, four, five years, and it just spawned a whole bunch of new. It spawned new artists, but other artists who were already there stepped their game up. Now, like the roster was crazy. I go from X to J to Ja Rule to Cam to Nori to Pun to Outkast to Wu Tang was still out there to uh, Redman to 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 uh, Buster Rhymes. LL Cool J was still rapping. It's like yeah. bro, like any album it- they put out was just crazy. But it's also arguably like that's the time where like it literally like you had those stars and it was almost like you can't even feel like they could have replicated. They could replicate that or they got to keep on going more commercial, more commercial, like and and top and topping them. And that's what I feel like how it it came kind of crumbling down, so to speak, like when. Mm. You know, because and it all depends on your age and preference too. like, you know, I'm 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 from that early earlier era, you know, um, to where like I like I had a certain preference and her certain expectation, you know, of how stuff was supposed to sound. I think like 98 um, was was easier on the ear, ears for more people, not not like uh, but for a real hip hop head, it was, you know, just they would be more hypercritical on certain things. You know what I mean? Cause mm. a lot of people thought like maybe, you know, like the Annie stuff with Jay was like as corny or, you know what I mean? Like what, what is, what is happening here? Like, and this is kind of like, but it was undeniable, you know? Um, 
it was it was it was dope but like i feel like that's also too where in my opinion where it took it, it started to like that was the pinnacle you know what i mean and then it just started going downhill after that mm-hmm. in my opinion in my opinion um because i feel like you can't it was like hip hop was such at a high point like how do you outsell <laughs> what you did last time without trying to like dummy it up more for the for the next joint you know what i mean like and not, mm-hmm. not no disrespect to people who like were just trying to make music and, and 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 do what they did but i feel like that's where it was like a little bit more suspect you know to where it was like oh we, what are we doing you know like right. we're doing it for the for the love or are we doing it for the sales you know yeah so last question just give me the year and now i know we'll pick up at a different time but if you said 98 was 98 to 99 was the the slow decline mm-hmm. what year do you think it starts to pick back up just give mm. me the year and then we'll we'll, we'll touch up on it on a, on, a, on a different episode it's I'm, really I'm when curious. it's it's really when i honestly like i started paying attention again when like like kendrick kind of was like popping like when he just started popping and i could have that i feel like it it to me it took it was off for several years there was albums that i was like oh dope oh dope the game the documentary love that album i would go went bought it oh dope like you know different albums i would go and still look out for but i feel like okay because again you're talking to somebody who, lyrics are important um and that how uh, artists so i feel like when when cole and kendrick started like ramping up is when i started paying attention a little bit more mm-hmm. um but don't get me wrong like i said there would be artists like little brother in the early 2000s where mm-hmm. i was you know like those albums like had an impact on me and, and were important to me as well but there was those were only like moments i feel like when the artists like you were saying randy about the stars like i feel like when kendrick and, and cole and those guys started like coming into their own i started paying attention a little bit more to those artists um and so i feel like i mean how long they've been in again i mean those are vets are ready right now you know so like um uh, I, I couldn't even give you the year whatever they started like because when was Kendrick's like I'm trying to think of his like debut? Yeah, like 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 when like eleven twelve, right? Ten, eleven, twelve and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say I would say around that time. Like I would mm. say about about that time. Yeah, that started. Who, yeah, because who that came out in two thousand ten, but the album was released in two thousand eleven, if I recall, for J. Cole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um well listen, man. Um with you, we're at the two and a half hour mark. We can go on forever. Um, Sorry, I'm long winded. No, no, we good. We, we we all that way. I think when 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 you have a show of people who have a long history of knowledge of the game, it's gonna be that that kind of a show. So I know we we can do a different one down the road. Uh, but I do want to thank you, man. I think you do a great job for Wax Only. Uh, I know it'll come back very soon. Uh, Always been a big fan of you for the last couple of years. Keep on doing what you're doing. I know Mike just started to get to know you and uh, become a fan of yours as well. Um, what you do is great. I'm, I've, I've been a fan. Keep up the great work. And I know we'll have you on soon. You can find Vin Rican on both Instagram and Twitter at Vin Rican. You can find DJ Unique on Twitter at DJ underscore Unique, IG DJ Unique. 
And you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now on YouTube on the Cruise Control Podcast Network. Mike, any final words? Yo, Vinrican, it was a pleasure, my brother. You know, thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your words. And, you know, to your family, thank you, for, you know, for, for, you know, for, you know, letting them have you. You know, we had you for two and a half hours, my brother. I know. You know what I mean? Man, it was a pleasure, man. I'm so glad we finally, I know we kind of like postponing and kind of like mm -hmm. things to happen in everybody's lives. And I hope everybody's fans as well. But every man, thank you guys for having me, man. It was a pleasure. I'm always down anytime. Hit me up. I'm so down to just talk like because this is like what I live for. You know what I mean? I, I like mm -hmm. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve like John mm -hmm. Starks. I have a passion for music for my right. necks. Um, and most importantly, just like uh, for good people. And y'all, y'all are some good people. Y'all, y'all the homies. I appreciate you guys having me. And thanks again. Oh, spree. <laughs> this guy with this free well, man. Like, I, right. You know, anytime, like, like I said, next talk, whatever. I'm. I'm here. I'm here. But I'm 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 excited to um talk more. Uh oh, you can put the beanie on. All my Knicks hats is in is is in the you know in the in the vault, bro. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Wow. Snapback? Snapback? Yeah. Yeah. Starter too. Starter starters was the king of snapback, that's, man. That's when it was that's when they were doing like that. Um the uh it was kind of like uh the Daytona joints, you know what I mean? Like the, mm. the we talking about I, what, like 90, 91. This is yeah, like remember they were mm. doing like they had like these joints that but to me, like when I look at it, it looks like more like NASCAR stuff, you know what I mean? Like how they have yeah, um, like it just had that remnants of it, ironically. Right. Kind of it <laughs> dad had ish look. Yeah, right, right. Mm. With the fun and everything. But yeah, please, anytime I'm Please just hit me up anytime. I know oh, no. we're gonna get. We're gonna catch up and, and talk about some other stuff, you know, um, right. soon. And I'm excited about that. Uh, but anytime, you guys, I, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me again. Um, uh, I consider y'all y'all family now. Your friends, you know what I mean? Thank like you. and uh, so yeah, let's let's keep it pushing. Go Knicks. That's right. <laughs> just, do me, just do me a favor when I get off live, just uh, stay on. But uh, for Vin Rickin, DJ Unique, Randy Cruz, thank you. We are out. Peace, y'all.